Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Nerd Cubed Podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, are you the fucking joker now? He'd do a better job of it. <laughs> oh, Jared Leto was good. Fuck off. Yeah, for the whole 30 seconds we saw him. <laughs> yeah, for the whole 30 seconds. And if you haven't seen the film yet, just watch the trailer, because that's all the bits he's in. That is true. Literally yeah, all yeah. of it. Uh, I thought there were bits in the trailer that aren't in the actual yeah. film. Um, are there? Yeah. Ooh, There's like actually... a bit where he's backing off or something. He's waving, holding a grenade that's not in the film. Oh, yeah. I think I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah, there's, there's bits where he's just literally it's, not in the Look, thing. don't worry. It's fine, Dan. Don't you care. I don't care. I, know. I genuinely I really, don't. I've never noticed your lack of care for things. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Now, we've been oh. promised that after, after the outrage special last week, we're going to be having a that happy, was two good two game ago. special. That was two weeks ago, John. Get, two weeks ago, John. John, what? Two weeks ago. Ago. what was last two weeks. week? Uh, the pineapples, dragon thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, t- two <laughs> weeks ago, two <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> We had. We're doing happy sh- games. Happy you game. say that, Good but game. We did, you say that, but for the, the people who were on the live stream, did you see the intro we did? Oh dear, yes, that's true. Um, and, and yes, in fact, the two biggest bits of news are probably related to terrible games. In fact, yeah, you're right there. Can we can we talk about the thing that I literally haven't stopped laughing about since I watched the trailer? Go, Go right ahead. Can we talk about Metal Gear Survive? Can, can we no, please? No, we're not. No, we can't. Can, no, can that's, we please no. talk yes, about Metal Gear Survive? Because it's, yes, it's literally the funniest thing. Is it's it the... really that much more ridiculous than Revengerance? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, if they can make up words, so can I. <laughs> yes, it is It is that much worse. It, I mean, it's... in the first level of Revengerance, you basically picked up a robot by its legs and tossed it out into the city. Yeah, because... that happens in regular Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, so is that's this really thing. that much weirder? When you get, to, it's like this is like the thing, right? When people like really complain, like, people who get really angry about Indiana Jones Crystal Skull, like, oh, there shouldn't be aliens in Indiana Jones, really? Because there was a magical Christian cup that was literally the Goblet of Christ in one of them, and you were fine with that. But aliens is over the line. It's, yeah, so is, is the same thing true here? Is it really over the line for what's going on in Survive after no, what I was going on? It's really over the line for a series that, while a bit balmy, is actually grounded in its balminess to suddenly open up a portal to another dimension and suck some characters off and send them over to Zombieland to do a four-player like, survival co-op game. I think I think the thing is, right, it ruins the tone with the weird portal thing, and then it goes, let's... It's, let's literally, it's literally after the... It's after Ground Zeroes, you know, that fun, happy rape and death time? That little short thing, that demo that everyone had to pay money for? Like, that bit at the end where it's really dramatic, and then, like, Pa's vagina explodes and Big Boss gets blown up. Then an alien portal opens and sucked away a few members of the... Uh, this, base, this is what I don't get because they went okay. Let's just ruin the tone of it and let's let's sacrifice the tone for the most generic game we can think of. Oh like, four player zombie game. Right. If, they were gonna, if they were going to fuck up the tone, it should have been for something you know worthwhile and four player zombie co op. It's so good. I'm Whoa. so excited. Seriously, I watched that trailer in fucking tears. Just it's just because it's like the crying? most Konami. Yeah, it's the most Konami thing ever. Like, I'm so glad Metal Gear Solid 5 managed to kill my love of that franchise off. Otherwise, I would have committed Seppuku. Oh, that's so sad. It's so, it's so nice that I have no care and attachment to any of that ca- those characters anymore. But yeah, I do like that the first Metal Gear Solid without Hideo Kojima becomes a generic survival zombie game. 
It's kind of endearing in its own way, isn't it? Because it sort of validates everything we think about Konami. Yeah, it's like we have no ideas and we ruin everything. Konami. It'd be great. After a while, it'll just come out. It's one of those fucking... What's the machines they have? Uh, Pachinko machines. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a pachinko machine. The chat just suggested Metal Gear Kart, and I'd be totally behind that too. Does that already (laughs) exist? (laughs) Probably. I'm trying I to think, think of any other things. No, th- they'll make right. They'll make a zombie co-op game. Then they'll make a kart racing game. And then they'll make a survival game, like a proper, sur- like a really generic survival game, like we're just crafting and well, harvesting. Well, three had sort of survival elements. No, I mean, I mean, just a survival game. game. Like, oh no, you're lost in this portal world alone. Ooh, there are trees around. You better chop those down. Well, you have to hide behind them and eat snakes. But yeah. No, 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 you need to use them to make an axe that you can use to chop down trees faster so you can build a hut so that you can survive the night using the bed that you make out of a sheep. Or, or you can upgrade that to a laser and then laser the plants to get plant juice to power your ship. Yeah, hmm. I mean, like, like, Kojima's always played with weird stuff in, like, outside of the canon. So in something like Metal Gear Solid 2 Substance, which is like the expansion pack version that came out later, there's skateboarding you can play. It's a whole skateboarding minigame. There's a whole set of mini... There's a mini extra story about... You find out how the VR works, and it's just like this box with some balls in it that Icon <laughs> uses. That's literally the VR things. He's like, man, I just found it one day, and it works. And like there's, then like creatures from other dimensions start attacking stuff, but it's always been a very tongue-in-cheek, silly thing. This looks like we're totally canon. This this sort of has that same like down-to-earth tone that Metal Gear has. It doesn't go, because whenever Metal Gear goes, it completely goes, and it's obvious that it's going, but this is just going dark and gritty survival. Then again, Metal Gear, Metal Gear was always that it shit. kind of goes from the way to the Dungeon Survival in about 10 seconds and veers randomly oh, yeah. between them. I mean, the Twin Snakes was where the series completely lost me back on the GameCube, where Not it just kind of one. went Game from one. City- it just went ridiculous silly madness off to I'm crying over poor dead sad sniper wolf to wacky silly fun again in in like 15 seconds it just I had no idea what I was supposed to be feeling anymore yeah it was very confusing yeah it's it's definitely yeah the the the, the, the joke is you um if you ask uh, what's it Hideo Kojima's uh, response to oh fuck never mind I can't remember but it it, it... <laughs> I was I was like who did this joke? Do I like this person? I can't remember anymore. Yeah, Hideo Kojima doesn't understand tone. General gist mm-hmm. of life. He, he doesn't know what tone is, but... I kind of think, it, like, it's... I think it's all... Yeah, fuck, it's all over the place. But this this just... Right, if you've managed to make a game that doesn't fit inside the broadest fucking spectrum of tone that Metal Gear allows, then you've massively fucked up. That's that. That's the thing. And of course, there's going to be a zombie Metal Gear, which is going to make the fans angry. You see, what what I don't get is why don't they just sell the IP? Because I I can see their kind of short term thinking there in that Metal Gear. Like this game, even if it shit, will sell, mm-hmm. right? But it it it's going to devalue the IP in the long term, and then you know, two three games down the line, no one's going to fucking buy it, and then they won't be able to sell the IP for very much. And I don't get why they wouldn't just sell the IP now. And because who gives Make a fuck? Make a bunch of money. Who gives a fuck about the IPs oh, anymore? But this is the problem. But they don't give a shit about... They clearly don't give a shit about this. They clearly don't give a shit. Yeah. So they could make so much more money just just sell... Like, I'm sure Sony would fucking just buy the Metal Gear IP right from them. Yeah. And then they'd give it to Kojima. And then they'd be making uh, Metal Gear again. Yeah. 
Which and is then, the worst possible thing for Konami because they don't want Hideo Kojima to have it because they don't like Hideo Kojima very much. They're trying to keep. They basically kind of want to kill it. I'd say they want to kill it and they want to destroy it and ruin it and then they'll be like, hey, Kojima, have this back. Yeah, but they want money. Like, it's, are they that petty, though? Yes. Why? Have you seen the absolutely gorgeous Metal Gear Solid 3 remake that they've done exclusively for the fucking. whatever the fuck it's called? The the pachinko machines. The pachinko machines. Yeah, I do. Yeah. They've remade all the Metal Gear Solid Three cutscenes and made them look awesome, but they're not remaking the game at all. They're like, nah, fuck it. Yeah, there's a Castlevania pachinko machine as well. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. It's good. Snake was in. Uh, he was in the most recent Smash Brothers, wasn't he? So maybe they'll just whore him out for a bit. They'll do like you know Metal Gear versus Mortal Kombat, Metal Gear versus DC. He was in the one before the most recent one, I think. Uh, yeah, you're right. Brawl, was yeah, before was the most movie. recent one, but yeah, just to have him in everything, just have him as a guest character in the new Injustice game. Injustice Two's coming out soon. Toss him in there. Put See, Raiden in there as pour well. Him out to literally, uh, Raiden, <laughs> yeah. uh, Raiden's actually owned by Sony because he pe- appeared in a PlayStation Battle Royale. Ah, because oh. uh, that's I think like that. That uh, was uh, what was it? That was a different company that now have the the rights to use him because it, it was the ones who do all the hacky slashy games like Bayonetta and stuff. Quiet yeah. would fit into Bayonetta very nicely. <laughs> well, but Bayonetta's very large. Mm. The um, Oh my god, is this Castlevania on the screen, Matt? <laughs> it's Castlevania. What the tips? <laughs> it's an erotic one. See, that's not going to be on An the erotic box. Castlevania pachinko the machine. But there is basically just tits. And ass and it does all say that. It, it, it does at one all point just crevices. say erotic. It says erotic violence yeah. at one point. Erotic the only thing it doesn't translate very very well. That, <laughs> that doesn't. That's seem what I good. think of when I think of Castlevania. I think erotic violence. <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> not that's not good. I'm 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 sad and uncomfortable with that. Yeah. Um, hashtag erotic violence. No, uh, that's just, just <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Jesus. Hey, fuck we've done me. the fuck Konami news. Can we do fuck Nintendo news? Because we've got more. Oh, do we? Yeah, remember okay, Remember last week I was like, hey, there was that really awesome Pokemon Uranium thing. Yeah, Nintendo have taken it down immediately. Yep, after 1.5 million downloads, which I don't really see logically how that cost Nintendo anything particularly, because yep. it wasn't being charged for, and it's not like people aren't going to buy more Pokemon games because they've played Uranium. Yep. It is pretty much the opinion of just keeping the franchise warm while they're waiting and making yeah. X and Y or Sun and Moon or Salt and Pepper but or whatever's up next. It's nice, isn't no, it? Right. I mean, it's nine years these people were making Pokemon Uranium for. They were doing it for nine years. Publicly, they were making it like we're making this game. And then they release it and then Nintendo kill it. No, the thing with Nintendo, right, is they seem to be very much of the opinion of... of like, most companies don't because they know they, they, they are realistic about how the world works. But Nintendo seems to be very... The idea of, like, trademarks that if you don't defend your trademark, you lose the trademark, right? But there's a reasonable, like, exception to that for, like, fan stuff, and most companies yeah. understand yeah. that. Nintendo don't seem to. They think they have to defend their trademark to fucking... Yeah. I don't know the word. Teeth and... Uh, the nth you know degree. Yeah, like, they just... They don't seem to have any thought. Like, the legal department is just, like, blank blanket shit. Yeah. Did you see and the note that they actually left on Uranium's um, the download page, by the way? 
Go on. Which I quite liked. And basically, it was like saying, oh, by the way, we've received this note, so obviously we're not putting it down anymore. Now, if somebody were to re-upload it to a third-party host, that's nothing to do with us, <laughs> and we certainly wouldn't be encouraging anyone to go and look for those, but if they do, then... <laughs> You know, maybe exercise a little bit due caution because we can't guarantee it's legit. But hope nobody does that. Winky face. Tooth and nail. Shout some for me. Tooth and nail. Tooth and nail. That that sounds like the new Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon tooth or Pokemon <laughs> nail. You get Growlithe in tooth, but Vulpix in nail. Oh. Obviously, you want Vulpix now. Vulpix is an ice fox fairy or whatever the fuck Vulpix is now. I don't give a fuck because I could. I was playing Pokemon Uranium. I was like. This is really cool. It's Pokemon on my PC. And then after about an hour, I was like, yeah, I don't like this. Because it's Pokemon. And yeah, it's, Pokemon is... It'll do. Okay, I was, I was saying this to someone the other day, in that how Pokemon, I don't think would still be as popular. It, it's purely nostalgia, because Pokemon in itself is not Everything a very good game. Everything Nintendo currently do is well, no, you purely say that. nostalgia. No, you say that. But, I do, because okay, it's accurate, no, and no, I say things a lot are of it, accurate. No, a lot of it is nostalgia. Like, I'm not saying that a lot of it is, is, is so successful because it's nostalgia. But I think some of it would still be successful just because they're good games. Like, like, yeah, Mario is a lot of nostalgia, but they're still good platformers, you know. Yes. They'd probably be reasonably, reasonably oh, yeah, they make, successful. They make good enough games. They just don't go anywhere, like, adventurous with them, really. No. That's but Pokemon, character. I think Pokemon especially is, is, is a kind of game that... If people didn't have nostalgia, like if if like if I picked up Pokemon now, someone who's never played Pokemon, I'd sit there going, "This is not a very good game because it's it's not." And unless you have the nostalgia for that experience, you're not going to care. It's also yeah. been very gently polished over, I think at this point, six or seven generations, which yeah, is like from, from the footage of the battles and everything in the overworld from Sun and Moon, you can literally go back to Red and Blue and see, oh, I see how these things are actually still, though they look very different, they're actually still very, very close yeah, mechanically it's functionally to each the same. other. Yeah. Well, this, well, this is the thing. Like I say, I mentioned it with GEA in that, like it's not the same thing. Like San Andreas is definitely like mechanically five is very different to San Andreas. Um, I like I, I recommend a lot of people go back to San Andreas, but I understand people going back to it and going this is shit because mechanically, oh, it's definitely a product of its time. Oh, oh yeah, boy, we've, moved on. we've, we've absolutely moved. On. Yeah, but it's an excellent game, and I think if 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 someone in the modern generation who's only used to GEA and stuff like that go five goes back to it now, they're gonna go. This is shit because even though it's an, an excellent, I think it's a good RPG. Um, it's mechanically, it's an old three. It's like a PS2 era 3D game, and they are inherently shit. So, you know, unless you have the nostalgia like I do, you're not going to enjoy it. And I think that's just for all Pokemon because Pokemon's never really changed. Yeah, and people argue and complain. Oh, actually, they've changed yeah. these things. That these 27 hidden stats that all your Pokemon uh. have are all very different now. But yeah, the only things you'd notice if you fucking played it for Well, the thing is, you literally don't need to give a shit about any of that stuff to play mm. uh, the game. The actual campaign does not require any of that. There's never been a point in any of them where you're actually pressed. The game kind of just goes with you. If I mean, that's a good game got design. Easier. That's, they yeah, have got easier. The first one was actually... Oh, pretty, absolutely. Played the first one was recently. brutal. The final rival and the Elite Four in the first one versus how high roughly you were likely to be if you literally fought every trainer in the world before you got to them, unless you actually went grinding against wild Pokemon, they were really challenging. And then the second generation, they were ludicrously easy. And since then, they've kind of wandered around. Fourth generation was a bit harder again, but the, the Elite Four just got really, really easy. And the first gym, has, there's never been a harder first gym than in the first game. Yep. With Brock, if you happen to pick Charmander. If you haven't picked fucking Pikachu. 
Mm. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, no. Yellow, yellow was easier because you got Nidoran and Mankey. It was the original red and blue. If you picked Charmander, that was the oh, real. Oh, don't nightmare. say that, John. I'm just thinking back to you fucking singing the Pokemon rap. Nidoran, Mankey. That's true. Nidoran, Mankey do go next to each other. I know. Yeah, they do. That's why it's like Nidoran, Mankey. That's all. I just remember you saying that very specifically because that bit on on the vod of the podcast where I just added you alone singing it at the end <laughs> for like a good minute. Like I, I spent a good while editing that. Oh, thank you. So I just, I just, it's, it's burned into my brain bits of it. I think, I think Nintendo's thing is that they're worried that they make a bad game and it kills the franchise dead, which is why they try and hold everything together themselves. Like for instance, Metroid. They killed Metroid. They killed Metroid and they know it with other M. They ruined Metroid. And since then, what Metroid games have come out? Well, that football federation four player, Force. that that bollocks. Yeah. That's it. That's Metroid now. They could just make Metroid Prime U, and I think people would forgive. I don't really like the Metroid Prime series so much for the the 2D ones. But they could do that, but they won't. They were very lonely, which I liked. I like that. But they won't actually do any of those things at all. Except they kind of fucked that up in Metroid Prime 2, where the loneliness was replaced by a large number of people who stood around talking to you, because apparently they didn't realise what was good about the first one. (laughs) Well, no, this is... Because we were talking about this, like... The, like Final Fantasy, for example, mm-hmm. is a game that definitely, like playing Final Fantasy Fifteen is going to be a lot different to playing the original Final Fantasy. They're completely different games. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, but Pokemon isn't that at all. Yeah, it's it's it, just it, it's refined. There's two ways of doing sequels. There's the expand on the core idea and then sort of like branch out a bit and try new things, which is the way I like a sequel to go. Or there's the same but refined way, which is what Call of Duty and stuff does. Which, which I'm not too keen but, on. I mean, refinement, though, it only works to a point, doesn't it? Like, uh, the refinement in Call of Duty kind of makes some sense because people will always want just that game with upgraded graphics. But, like, something like Pokemon, you can't... It's such a simple thing. Well, yeah, but, I mean, you could easily... Do, I've said a thousand times, because the thing is that the Pokemon company, they, they're main ones. I mean, they make a million different Pokemon games, so they're never actually... You're a trainer who goes out to catch Pokemon. They could literally create an open world on the Wii U and actually have catching Pokemon make it a lot more dynamic. Say, have the face buttons, so you only ever play as the trainer, have the face buttons like the four attacks that your Pokemon knows, and then like the the battle happens dynamically in front of you, so if they're in a bad spot when you do it, then it's going to be a bit of a problem for them. Can we please just get rid of the four attacks thing? I know it's been in the thing for bloody well, this is, seven this is generations me, this is at this me point. changing the game up enough but keeping it the, fundamentally the same no I think don't get rid of late, the four things because god no, forbid there no, be some form of strategic no, or tactical the, the, no, the great thing is right you do the you do the thing that Dan's suggesting and then you can progress to getting rid of the four things like you can adapt it over time like Final Fantasy did you don't need to immediately go oh, that's yeah but that's the thing different. and then like on the, the D-pad that, that's when you have your movement things but of course your Pokemon the, 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 it'll move faster and better the more you tell it to do these things so if you're like move to the left and then lightly like you're training attacks up it might take a while it might ignore you so we don't have levels that's the thing I would strip out first is the leveling I'd have your Pokemon would gradually get better at following your orders and so you'd actually get a feel for your you, Pokemon you need, and actually I mean, get yeah, those you, you, relationships that the game seems to think you have with your you'd Pokemon you'd need to have a quantifiable metric to it though because like frankly you, you need to be able to look at something and go yeah this is what the relationship about. Some, even something subtle you need to have something that you can look at and go yeah rather than it just be a feeling thing though well, well, no, move, it would be literally. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, you'd get more moves as you'd go along and stuff. Yeah. But the moves would happen faster. And you'd actually see that thing happen faster. And maybe they'd get like 
that if you've got, say, a Pikachu, it'll start off just being a Pikachu, just normal stuff, but then as it starts leveling up, maybe it gets more static around it as it's getting better, and it looks like it's stronger and buffer sort of thing. You know, you actually physically change the Pokemon as well. Mm. So yeah, you, yeah. basically you take all the numbers away and just have yelling orders and letting the battles happen a bit more dynamically, which it, it just it takes away, because Pokemon alone is just mash the strongest move. And it's always mm. been mash the strongest move, and this will give it... If you take away which move is the strongest stuff, you actually have to respond and change. Like you don't have, I, you could always also take away health bars as well. It's always a risk. I, I I do like playing with taking away as much from the player as possible, but giving them the in, the same information but through different means. So, yeah, we had health bars back in the day, but now why don't we have it through animations? I mean, I mean we've had it through animation ages, but well, like properly, the, just the, like you the know. great thing now is we can do such detailed character models now that you can just if you're in third person, especially. Literally, just show the character getting more tired and bloodier and yeah. battered. Yeah, you say like, this, but actually, I'd say like the one thing technology has fallen behind on is although we can do amazing textures and modeling and environments, animation and realistic animations, in particular, models interacting with each other dynamically, some is the one thing it. we cannot make games do properly. Some yet. games, some games are getting it now. Yeah, I'd say it's the thing where we're the, we're the furthest behind in. This is why what? there has never been a realistic kiss in the entire history of gaming, because no one's ever figured no. out a way to make two faces smushed together <laughs> properly. But no, you look at, like, I'm going to use fucking, I, I, it's a bad example, but it's, like, the WWE games, the new ones, yeah. like, they have reasonably good interactions. <laughs> I was mistaking in that. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Mwah, pristine. But no, Matt's right, they have, there are moments in those games where it clicks really well. It is only moments for now. But when you bust out an RKO out of nowhere, and you actually what? get the guys, you actually instead of actually it being a preset animation, like the, you, your character model actually goes for his neck and grabs it, and it all plays out properly. It feels so much better. And when a move actually hits and looks like it's got a force behind it, I mean, most of it, most of it, sort of preset stuff. But there's a, there's a fairly large amount of dynamic moments you get in those I games. Mean, it's it's a game like that that is going to like push that forward though, because that that is literally the main mechanic of the, the game yeah. is that connection and i imagine that will leak out into other games eventually yeah i mean yeah. i mean the thing, the thing about pokemon is you don't need to have them interact really most of the moves are long range and stuff it's punches it's just whoosh and then there's a an effect you don't need to see it really hitting yeah but i think there's there's a good amount of fun oh. to no, it i want I, I want it to just end up like they keep it they keep changing it and changing it to, to, up to a point where they just make it super realistic and it's just cockfighting that's all it is <laughs> That is genuinely where weird... it will be. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're just in like a sleazy barn full of weird Americans <laughs> and there's just they just it's just cockfighting. <laughs> and it's just bloody and horrible and Oh. Yeah. And the police come in, you're like, no officer, I'm just a no, I just wandered in here, I was looking for a bath the bathroom, and you have to like half the mechanics is you just trying to talk your way out of the police station. Or we could not do that side of it. And <laughs> we, we could actually yeah. just make it a thing. Well, I yeah. want to join Team Rocket. I want to have the option to join Team Rocket. A like team loads Skull of the early games the actually had a Team Rocket member saying, hey, you should join Team Rocket. You had no choice but to say no or refuse. No, let me join Team Rocket. I want to have an entirely different game no, like where I just steal RPG. all the Lord's Pokemon. Just fucking right. Just get Obsidian to make a Pokemon game. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then ultimately we get to enslave Mewtwo and use its psychic powers to destroy the world. Yeah. That would be fun. <laughs> I mean, oh. it would be, I mean, like I've said, if you've got this nice open world that could be very simple because you can do it with a nice cartoon style. I mean, we've shown easy that that's a style that even lower spec mm. consoles and things can do. You have that sort of animated style to it, the self shading. Then you'd actually be able to have Pokemon to scale. So instead of just being random Pokemon everywhere, you actually could get into the fights properly and stuff. 
and you can have like um, see how big an onyx is. I mean, then you get beautiful moments of instead of being like, oh, there's a fat bird somewhere, and then you see like a thing that doesn't look anything like it, and you talk to it, and it's Moltres. Or you just stumble upon it randomly, or however you found the uh, ancient bird stuff. In this one, you could just be wandering around, and it could be a dynamic event where you see something just fly off, and if you've got a bird Pokemon, you can send it after it to start a battle going on or whatever. Because thematically, I, I find Pokemon interesting. It's just the gameplay doesn't interest me to shit. Yeah, and that sounds cool. It needs it needs to be updated, and the fact is, it's a Game Boy game with a, a higher bit of polish nowadays. Really. That literally banks on nostalgia to sell it. So if yeah. they change it, yeah. yeah. This I think this is why there's never been a console version because they couldn't get away with it being as is yeah. on a main console. And when they've tried, it's always been like the Pokemon Stadium games, which were just basically battling games. There was basically no campaign; it was just an endless stream of battles. Yep. Colosseum on the GameCube had a bit of a campaign, but like the areas you were exploring were really, really small. It was effectively just three deified, really tiny interior environments for the most part. Like they haven't done a proper one. I don't think they really want to because every time they try and do the battles, look kind of terrible because like how static the battles are. No, really, that's the, the, yeah, that's it's why the you staticness. Be... The moment you've got a three D arena where you actually the cameras moving around and seeing three D models. The fact that they're standing opposite each other, just bouncing up and down, waiting for their turn, it looks so farcically That's bad. That's why you make, it, you make it as dynamic as Sorry, possible. Sorry, I've just been reminded, and all I can think of is just Emma and Dan and Gmod, just with fucking <laughs> Pokemon <laughs> models, bashing them with each other. Awkwardly, these ragdolls just slamming into each other and yeah. flopping all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> just that's the game. That's what we need. Is we just need to have it. Just needs to go into the world of three D, like properly. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. get that sense of immersion. I mean, imagine you've beaten the Elite Four and you're like, I am, un- I am unstoppable. And you take your first step out and you the floors up a plateau and you're like, yeah. So you, you see like out across the entire of whatever region you've got and the volcano in the middle just explodes. And there's fire pouring out of it and there's like you know that there's something legendary and vicious there and you're like, well, I gotta go get that. You see, most people probably think, hey, thousands of people are at risk of dying through lava at the moment. We should try and do something to help. But okay, you, you do you, Dan. Yeah, I you do You do you. I'd, I'd be saying, champion. how can I assist with the rescue and search efforts? But that's the thing. You could literally have moments like that. You could literally have a, you're going down a thing and then we random event. Oh, a house is on fire. And if you've got a water Pokemon, you throw it out and it can spray. Oh, thank you. You know, you have those little moments. You have sort of the thing that Red Dead did really well. Have those little moments and interactions in the game. So you actually build up the stories as you go. Pokemon's always had example. this weird moment in it where any any crisis, no matter like how universe-threatening it is, can always be solved by catching a Pokemon. It, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, in, in the fourth generation, literally time and space unravel. Yep. Like, the, the universe actually collapses in on itself, and the universe starts being sucked into an inverted black hole. All of creation of all of time and space. We're talking series end of Doctor Who level disaster and it's solved by you going and catching a Pokemon. Yep. Yep. That that's what solves it. Then the universe is safe again. Yep. No one really explains how that works. In but X and it does. Y, there was some but I think it was I think I played Y, but there was some bollocks about some big doomsday bollocks and you had to just catch a Pokemon. Mm. And that stopped it from blowing up or killing everyone or something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember because no one plays these games for the plots that they've written. Oh, I genuinely, shit. it's just so <laughs> the, not the. Th- it's the it's an RPG without plot. Like you, that's what most RPG like when Final Fantasy. Like I've never really cared for Final Fantasy VII or anything, but nobody's ever gone. Oh, you got to play Final Fantasy VII. The gameplay is amazing. People play. Like, You've got to play Final Fantasy VII. The plot is fucking insane. 
Like, that's that's the thing, that's the reason that they have such shitty gameplays, because they're trying to fit as much story and world building in there as possible. Because you had to deal with those limits back in the day, but now Pokemon, I think, never had the story thing. So I think it should go more the... Well, no, because it could be thing. interesting. Like, they could, there is, the, the universe is interesting enough that they can't, they can do interest, but they just don't. Yeah. Which I think annoys me, because you can see the potential there, and that's why it's like, oh. I mean, it's, it's a very simple story, but it kind of works. It's just the basic, you are a little kid from an ass-end town that no one's heard of and no one cares about, and then you slowly get better and stronger until you're the champion of the world. It's a simple power fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, and that I'd like, works. It I'd like, need to be hugely complicated. No, no, I'd like it just to take the team rocket bollocks out, and I'd like you to actually have competition of just friendly competition. I think there's a lot to be had where actually instead of being like, oh, here's my, me and my rival, actually just be in a school, and then you got these thirty people that are around the place all trying to get to be number one. But then of course, like you actually in the story, you advance it a bit. You you can actually. I don't know, I kind of want you to have, like, training moments and stuff where we advance the clock, so I want you to age as you go through, because it feels weird, like, so, this little kid spends mm. 20 hours and he becomes the ultimate Pokemon god. So what, you, like, you start at NXT, essentially, you go up, you get the, you get the sort of, like, Continental Championship, and then you go on to get the fucking Universal Championship, and then Pinballer yeah. kicks your tits off. Yeah, yeah, then you get suspended for violation of the wellness policy. Fucking even Marie got suspended 30 minutes ago. Yeah. Wow. And then Earth yeah, gets no, like five like and then you have to by catching well. Giratina. Yeah. Is that yeah. a Pokemon? I didn't hear what it... Oh. I'll put actually, interestingly, that's actually kind of the direction yeah. the more recent Pokemon games have went. Like, in, like, the fourth and fifth generations, like, it's not really rivals anymore. It's like you and your friends, and you find each other, but it's more, it's much more friendly. Yeah, I kind of... That's one of the things I liked about, um... Well, if they weren't so just boring friends. The... Mm. I like kind of like that, but I want you just to have this... I don't know... I think that would be something fun if they just change, just break the mold, because we've done that story now for seven generations, and it's just not an interesting story. Like, here's an idea, Jurassic Park style. You are, your player's an older sort of Pokemon trainer who's been there, done that. He's got uh, his trusty, whatever the fuck they want the starter Pokemon to be. And uh, so you only have one starter Pokemon, and there's a new island that they've just discovered, and it's filled with... Brand spanking new Pokemon that could have been around since the dawn of time. You go and investigate this island. That's not go. where dinosaur Pokemon come from, Dan. You go digging and you find a fossil and you take it to a scientist and the scientist makes it live again because that's what science does. <laughs> okay, have either of you played Jurassic Park Oper Operation Genesis? Yes. No. Have you, Dan? Yeah. See, that is that. It is it is it is a management game, John. It's basically like Rollercoaster Tycoon, but with Jurassic Park and you have to like send scientists to dig up fossils and then get the genetic information out of them and then make dinosaurs and then you have to feed the dinosaurs. And then the T Rex breaks out and no, no, oh God, oh. no, God. It, the, like, you have to, like, I looked for a PC version and it's like, re the discs are really rare for PC for some reason. And, like, really expensive. What's a disc? But, oh, God. But no, you have to, and then the T-Rex escapes and then it kills Hockey Park people and you're like, oh, God, oh, no, I uh, have to evacuate them and then the storm comes. Like, like a tornado comes along, it destroys your fence, the T-Rex gets out and just fucking starts eating people. Then you have to get in the helicopter and try and shoot it with a trank gun, but the trank gun's not powerful enough, so then you just have to kill it and it's like, oh, no. Is the oh, game no. over screen just Jeff Goldblum kind of lecturing yeah. you about how you I shouldn't like, oh, have medals? <laughs> oh, it's like dicks out for T-Rex. It's like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, he's got a child. Look at him. I'm referencing a meme. You're making this sound really hilarious. That just like the the new mission is. Oh no, the T Rex has a child. We should go. And, we should go rescue Timmy. Objective one. 
Oh, I'll kill the T-Rex. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> you must now make a choice. Do you sacrifice Timmy because the T-Rex is magnificent and you can make some money off him if you can just recap? Yeah, sacrifice Timmy. Sacrifice Timmy. <laughs> fuck Timmy. Fuck Timmy. Oh, fucking hell. Speaking talk- of nostalgia, Ooh. have you seen any of the new stuff about ukulele that just came out of Gamescom? Possibly today. No. It's a game. It's, a, Sorry? it's made by the Banjo-Kazooie people. That, well, it, uh, no, no, it's, it's not just that. Like, I was excited for it when I just thought, okay, this is the Banjo-Kazooie team thinking, okay, hey, Banjo-Kazooie okay. was good. John, 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 yes, John. Yes, yes, First of all, you need to rethink your statement there. You said, I'm excited for. You can't be excited for video games anymore, John. It's really dangerous. Yeah. I, mean, no, I said I was. I was excited. Oh, oh clarify. When it was just the Banjo-Kazooie team saying, let's make an old-style N64 platform, I was like, okay, I can get behind this idea. The new trailer that's kind of come out of Gamescom is they're not making a game that's like Banjo. They're making Banjo. Yeah. Like... Down to there's a hun- there's a prevalent honeycomb motif, even though neither of them are bears. That was why there was a honeycomb motif in Banjo Kazooie, because one of them was a bear. Now, now there's a really prevalent honeycomb motif at the end of the trailer, even though one of them's a dragon and one of them's a a bat. I think I'm not even bloody sure what it is. Um, I swear there's music that sounds incredibly like the teddy bear's picnic. Um, in the background of the trailer, which was the theme that was playing in Gruntilda's Lair and Banjo Kazooie, they've confirmed that they've got the mumbo style transformation. It's just it feels now like it's moving away from let's make a game that is like the things you used to like into, hey, let's just make a straight-up nostalgia grab. And now I'm more worried than I was before. I, I mean, never played Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, you missed out. It's a great game. I did you play fucking... No, the, oh, literally, like, I didn't play any of these, these type of games because I didn't get into gaming until I was, like, older. And I think the only one of those kind of era platform, like sort of 3D platforms I played was Blink the Time Sweeper, which was a launch title for the Xbox. Uh-huh. And it was shit. Although it did all do nice water. All of the Xbox water. launch titles were shit. No, that. it did do nice. Because they were all tech. It was like, look how good our water is. Look what the PS2 can't do. Look, we can do nice looking water. It was like, yeah, that's very nice looking water, but where's the game fit? It's like, <laughs> you have a hoover that can hoover time. It's like, what do you mean it can hoover time? Ooh, don't, <laughs> don't, don't think about it. <laughs> what do you mean don't think about it? <laughs> hoover that can hoover time. I hate it when I'm sitting in my office and I'm looking on the floor. I'm like, oh, look at that fucking time that's everywhere. Just no, this does sound like something the doctor would say just after he's regenerated when he's completely out of it and just making up random <laughs> no, gibberish. No, he's Blink's I've got a hoover that can hoover time. No, Blink's the time sweeper, right? He is a cat with a hoover, like a time hoover. <laughs> Stop and saying he has to go, time hoover. He has to go around like hoovering time because he's the time sweeper. Matt, it's all right, I have a question, honest question for you. Did you just play Luigi's Mansion while on LSD? <laughs> Okay, when, was, when the Hoover was basically the Luigi's Hoover Mansion is full, how do you he- empty out the Hoover and what's know, in the bag? He's got to wait a bit. Time, what is it? Time? No. Just clocks. Just melted clocks. <laughs> it's just clocks. They're just green wibbly things, John. Stop overthinking it. God. Well, does the Hoover I, ever fill up? Does that ever happen in the, in the game? I'm looking, at, like, I'm looking at a video of it and it's just. It's, I mean, oh. Okay, what know, do you do with remember. the time? Is it a Prince of Persia thing where you can reverse time using the John, time you've John, I haven't played for, for fucking over ten years. Give me a break, man. I haven't played Banjo because over ten years I can still describe each level to you in detail. Yeah, but Banjo Kazooie was probably a good game. Blake's yes, it was. But Blake's had a time hoover. Oh my which god, Banjo Kazooie didn't have. How I've looked up footage this? of Blink's the Time Sweeper and it looked like it came free with cereal. 
It's incredible. <laughs> put it on the stream, Matt. No, yeah, no. Oh my god, he's fighting. He's got a gun on the stream, Matt. He's got a gun. No. I think that's the Hoover, but it's sucking up barrels. What he's doing is he's just sucking <laughs> up barrels, barrels. And firing them at space hoppers. No, that's where that's they're storing the time. It's in the barrels. That blinks the time sweeper. Put all its graphical power into having like the occasional pool of water that looked nice. With like re like physics because it was like it was I think it was one of the first games to do water with physics. Yeah. It's like look, we can do water with physics. It's like this has nothing to do with the well, gameplay. Here we go. It's like you know, have you ever seen Hydrophobia Prophecy? That's a video game. Um, I like that. Cheap I do. It's the cheapest. It's like sixty pence on Steam, and it got really bad reviews. But it's a it's puzzle it's game. It's the laggiest piece of shit in the world because they spent so much fucking time on the. Uh... Water, they forgot to put It the, is, uh, but it's a, it's a puzzle game based entirely around like water physics, and it's got kind of the watchdog's camera jumping as well. Ooh. I like it, and it, if you see it, it goes on sale for like 50 pence all the time, and it is totally worth it. Two things pence. about yeah. it. One, the climbing and the combat is shitty. Shocking. Shitty, shitty. And two, skip the opening cutscene, because it has a really horrible jump scare in it. It's crap. For, for no what? reason. It's not got a horror 50 game. Pence. Yeah. 50 pence, good game. And... That is a game with water mechanics as main focus, so it makes sense. Blinks is not a game with water mechanics as main focus. Blinks is a game about hoovering time things. I can't help but notice from the footage you've put on the stream that the time appears to manifest as Blinks can pause time, but that also includes pausing himself, and that's just a pause button. <laughs> okay? That's not time travel powers, that's a pause button. That's in literally every game ever. No, you no, you can you can no, you can pause the game and then walk around. And the whole idea is you sucking. Oh my god! Wasn't a second Matt ago, is he was genuinely defending the Blinks the time cap. No, the look, he was paused as the pause button was activated. No, right. I want to give Blinks the time super a fair go here. All right. Matt, do you like No, no Man's he's Sky? He's paused during the pause. It on the internet. <laughs> it's the fucking tutorial, John. It pauses to give you text. It was the fucking two thousand and two. He's a Why he's is a he cat with a space hoppers. He's a cat with a time hoover, don't overthink it. Why has he got goggles on? It looks more like on. a time streamer to me. You sure it wasn't a time streamer? Oh. You got a slow. Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, look, he's turned into, an... Now he's turned into a frog. Oh, no, it's just the terrible shadowing. The look, fuck? it was an interesting concept at the time. Yeah, well... Was this, it? This was just after 9-11, yes. so, you know, the world was a different I mean, place you know, or something. It was. Oh, we got a bad th crystal combo there. Oh, no. It I was one of the first games. Combo. It was you one of the first games that sort of like did this. time mechanics. <laughs> no, it, it was one of the first games that did proper, like, time mechanics where you had to pause time. Hey, and really? Because the Prince of Persia came out no, way before this. I didn't say the first, did I? And, yeah, but and when you were the second and your shit, that's not particularly good. Rock. And also, it had the nice water. <laughs> yeah, where, where is that? You know water? what this game we're not was? This that was, water right no, now, no, Matt. No, this game was Rise Son of Rome for the X, the original Xbox. Yeah, but Rise Son of Rome is kind of hilarious for how historically inaccurate it is. This is just, well, I guess this is scientifically inaccurate. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Uh, yeah, cats I mean, have like goggles. God, no. Silly. Silly John. Mm. You should know that. You want a cat. Yeah. That's, you... that's true. Yeah, but she's. Uh, we wouldn't try and put goggles on her. She's traumatised in general. <laughs> she's just generally traumatised. She, she is. She's, she's nervous and skittish, the poor thing. She was homeless Aww. for two years. Oh. And she was badly injured at the end of it, which is how she came to be captured. Hang on, this game came out after Time Splitters. That's a time traveller game. Does, yeah, but it doesn't really have any time well, travel. Of course it in does. It, it's called to Time be Splitters. Honest. Come on, Time Splitters is really even in Future Perfect. There's not really time travel in it. I mean, it, it launched October seventh, two thousand two. 
He got a secret cat medal when it was just literally in front of him. That's not secret. It's a tutorial, John. Fuck off. That happens in every game. It happens in Doom, the new no, Doom. No, in God's Doom, sake. even in the first level, the secrets are at least somewhat hidden. You can easily Around the miss really obvious the corner. What about Sonic CD? What about Sonic CD? That time travel. It, look, you don't have to name... Look, it wasn't the first. I'm not saying it was the first. I looked on, also, I looked on Wikipedia for a list of games containing time travel. It's the 79th game that came out that contains time travel... According okay. to the list of games, is that okay, button well, an eject button? Okay. What is okay, the eject first of all, button? When did do? Majora's Mask come out? Because that had a okay, lot of time no, travel. Yeah, that's wait, way better no, time travel. Wait, yeah. no, stop. Wait, no. Time fuck your blinks, the time cap. No. Yeah, fuck your time hoover. <laughs> fuck your shit. No. No. Fuck the time hoover. <laughs> no, no, right. No, time travel is a really vague con. Like, what, when you say time travel, do you just mean like you, you swap and you go back like a year? Or is it a game with like real time rewinding of time? Like, there's a difference. There's a significant difference there. Hashtag fuck the time hoover. Oh, fuck God's I'm going to retweet sake. it because I can't yeah. be bothered to it. Look, it was basically Xbox's attempt at Mario and it really, really failed. Oh my God, that was... <laughs> it really failed. My God. <laughs> Terrible. I just, I remember getting that and playing it. it as like it was. Why the, are you trying was, to like, defend this? It's not, no, I'm trying to give it a... No, right, I'm not saying it was good, I'm just trying to give it a fair chance. Matt, are you, are you role-playing as a No Man's Sky fan right now? I really want <laughs> to question. Look, look, it was on a new console from a new company. Was Give it, it a was break. it, was it? Was it? Yeah, it was a little indie company, was it? Look, <laughs> he promised a lot. Hey, Jeffrey, look. you know, all you, you like boring games, Matt. That's what it's about. <laughs> I like okay, mining look. when there's no purpose. Oh my god! No, no, you, you don't. You don't have it... to mine. No man's sky. You don't have to mine. You can do anything. If you don't want to mine, you don't have to mine. That's that's what they told us. Yeah. So it must be true. Hope you don't. Hope you just want to live on that planet and stare at shit. Because you ain't doing anything. I, I'm looking. I'm looking at the Xbox like original like launch titles. Oh my god, this is gonna be like amazing. Project Gotham Racing. Oh my god, that's Ooh, my favorite Batman yes. game. And actually, a Batman game called Batman Vengeance. Never even heard of that. But apparently, even though it was a launch title, it launched on PS2 before the Xbox. <laughs> that's nice. Oh, <laughs> God. Well, that's fine. In all fairness, the Wii's launch title, Twilight Princess, launched on the GameCube first. It happens. Oh, piss off. I do like that in the launch titles, there's just a game called Shrek. Like, it's just Shrek. Just nothing more than just the word Shrek. I think there was even a party game as well. I think that was a really crappy party game. Just Shrek. There's just been a Shrek party. I'm not sure if it was that one, though. I like that this did literally launch, like, you know, like a couple of weeks after 9-11, which probably didn't help it very much. Mm. <sighs> That's it, like, exclusive. Like... A few things did get a benefit, because, like, anything that had a real good feel-good thing to it did work. Because, like, okay. Spider-Man, the film, did really well out of the post-9-11 feeling. No, That's true. I mean, it launched with Dead or Alive 3, Fusion Frenzy, Halo Combat Evolved, NASCAR Thunder 2002. Oddworld, Munch's Odyssey. Dead or Alive. Is that... I'm, I'm not so hot on my game, my fighting franchise. Is that just the, the one with the tits? Or is that the one with an the, actual good game as well no, as the tits? that's the one with the tits. It's that's just the, one the tits. The tits. The okay. It's just the tits. Yeah. Um, Simpsons Road Rage? That's terrible game. Why are you saying terrible games? Look. All right, mate. Shh. Yeah, mate. <laughs> all right, grade under A. Steady on. <laughs> Star Wars Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it's called. 
Just Star now, Wars was that, one. Was that the first game in the OB series, or was that just like? Um, oh, yeah. oh, followed by the was, Adventures of Greedo. It looks like a like a, a pre precursor to kind of the the old Jedi other one. I can't remember the name of them. The old Jedi other one. Yeah, that's my favorite Star Wars game. Dog love, Forces, Jedi, Jedi Academy. Look, it's supposed to be Dog Forces. Not yeah, that, that, that would be better. Oh, it's just that w- Star Wars Dog Forces. WWF Raw. WWF Raw. One of the only wrestling games I've never even heard oh, of. It was literally. It says. It says. Uh, it was the first WWE game released on the Xbox, and also the last WWE game to re- be released on PC until 2K15. Yay! <laughs> so it's what filled it on PC. <laughs> that was and, good. Uh, Jet Set Radio Future. That was Ooh. quite good. Jet Set Radio is good franchise. Uh, a load of a load of other ones I've never like a load of Japanese ones because they were trying to like fucking compete with uh, Sony in. Nintendo and Sega, which is not a good market to get into. They did um, a little bit better with the 360. Just the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire. Right, they're just I, listing shit things. I think that one was terrible, but wasn't that? I think the second or third one in the Buffy series was actually quite good. There was like what was it, Dark Dark Forces or something that was actually quite decent. It, was, it had a good multiplayer. I remember this. Superman Man of Steel. Hang on, Buffy games. I mean, it's, it's, it's it launched with some sure games. They sure Chaos, were games. Please. Buffy the Vampire Slayer Chaos Bleeds on GameCube, PS2, and Xbox was actually genuinely a very good game. Ooh. In fact, actually, that's the... Yeah, that was the second one on Xbox, and the only uh, the first one on GameCube and PS2. And it was actually genuinely quite good. You know, I am just looking at the original Xbox exclusives, and it's just... It is a lot of shit games. Yeah, but that's all like, we launch th- exclusives. We, no, we, no, we, no, not even launch, just general exclusives. Like, we think the exclusives for games are shit now, but fuck me, the original Xbox exclusives were shocking. <laughs> had three, had three decent ones, and they? ones you've never heard of. Like, for, well, you know, like I say, decent as in kept around till like Halo. Never heard of it. What's that? Is that oh, a Jesus course, yeah, thing? That's a Jesus thing. Yeah. Uh, dead or Alive Ultimate. Um, dead. Fucking oh. Ghost Recon Two. Wait, did you say Dead or Alive Three a minute ago? How many Dead or Alive games were they launching on this thing at the same time? Many, what, many they launched games. in pairs. Bouncy, buzzy pairs. Yeah. Bouncy, buzzy pairs. Uh, Bouncy, buzzy pairs, actually. Far like Cry Instinct Revolution. Like you could buy Dead or Alive left or right. <laughs> Forza? Forza? Wow. You get a different boob on the front cover. <laughs> but just WWE save an artwork. They literally 21. just took the same boob and just flipped it for the other cover. Oh, I hate it when they do that. Oh. So lazy. Yeah. Ninja Gaiden? Ninja Gaiden. Ninja That's Gaiden. a game. But I like that wasn't game. That, was that terrible? No. The 3D one. No, the 3D one's pretty good. I guess it dep- I think it's one of those ones that's quite they divisive. Hard it, as, depend- it depends hard on as, your thing. Yeah, they were really fucking difficult for Unrightly. I games. find that sort of thing really frustrating. I just don't enjoy them at all. But I I, I, pretend- I think they're some people's thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of kind of shit. Yeah, I did, I, I'm quite fond of the original Xbox, but looking back at the games on it, I'm, oh dear. I did I did buy the Buffy game. I found it in Which a shop. One? and the, the original, the, the, ex- the original exclusive for uh, Xbox original. That was less good. Game. Yeah, yeah, I got it and I haven't tried it yet, but it's it's there. I bought like a load of shit Xbox games I found for like ten p in PX like m- months ago. Mm. I need to try them and hate my life. <sighs> Just to hate my life. That's all they are. <laughs> Don't worry. Aww. Oh, sh- Speaking of hating your life, 
Should okay, we yeah. acknowledge no the existence Sky. of No Man's Sky? No Man's Sky. Yeah. No. But yeah, but we can do it quickly, then we can just cut straight to the, I wrote the thing, thing about inter it. intermission the moment we can't stand you it You did. Anymore. You wrote a Patreon I wrote about a it. Patreon thing about it. You did. It. I agreed with a lot of that. I agreed with a lot I of those points. I, I, I couldn't be bothered reading it. I was too busy having fun. Wow. At YouTube events. Oh, I thought about saying with No Man's Sky. <laughs> <laughs> Having fun with no, no I don't even have No Man's Sky. I'm not going to buy it, and we haven't been sent any press code, so fuck them. It's actually... <laughs> I, I had to fucking pay down the money for that one. But no, it's oh, yeah. actually... No. Um, the Because normally my Patreon post for Patreons only, I made that one public so everyone can read it. Yes. So there we go. And it's very good. I'll link it's very, it, very good. I I'll link it in SoundCloud description and the yeah. YouTube description, or Dan, well, if Dan remembers. Hmm. Um, the thing is, I don't think people will actually remember or care about the game. I think it'll be more the development and how it was handled yeah. PR-wise that's going to be the thing that people remember Super this game for in, in years to come. So I think, like, you know what? how it was communicated before, during, and after launch okay, is kind of I, fascinating. Can I just say, my biggest complaint about No Man's Sky is the fact that the PC press codes were only distributed through Keymailer. For fuck's sake, I have an email. 28 minutes after the game launched as well. <laughs> I, I have an email address. Yeah. Why can't you use that like every other one? <laughs> Just, why do you have to be awkward and make us sign up for Keymailer? I don't want to sign up for, it's shit. Well, I don't we, like Keymailer. We key signed up, we still didn't get it, fucking thing. So. No, we didn't. We haven't even got it. We signed up, we got it set up, and we didn't even fucking get it. So fuck them. Essentially, like, <laughs> fuck, I sent them about five fucking emails to like all their fucking different accounts. No, not a single. Fuck them. Fuck them. They go. Fuck them. Fuck, fuck their game. Fuck them. Yeah, it's I'm more annoyed than the PR staff. And, and also, don't pre-order or generally buy games where they haven't oh. provided any form of review code for a particular version. Because it's almost like they deliberately stopped everyone playing the PC version because they knew ahead of time it was terrible. Yeah, it's bad. Like it's yeah. like I don't really go into the running in the in that uh, Patreon post. I don't really talk about how much it runs. But I mean, I get a perfectly reasonable 60 out of it just as long as i'm not moving in any direction <laughs> as long as you're not moving i get yeah. 45 but with stutters and that's on a nine seven stuttering that kills it and i've got two fucking tyne x's just pumping their way through that thing now for context right i want to briefly talk about a game which i've talked about a lot personally but i don't think either of you have really mentioned space engine yep yes you've space been tweeting engine. a lot about this over the past couple of days i, I have and because I, I i played it for a while but i feel it's especially relevant with no man's sky now space engine isn't a game it's got no game to it yeah but, it's but a toy. it is it, it's a toy yeah but it does have an infinitely generated universe with i want to point out every single cataloged object in we've ever cataloged as a species in science does that mean if you keep going far enough you just reach black so that's beyond the limits of human knowledge yeah if you turn off procedurally generated stuff you will just hit black yeah that's very cool you can have it so you, it's only it's only um cataloged stuff so the or everything you see is only stuff we've actually observed Noted down and given a name to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can set it to that. But it is it is a, a thing which I want to point out. When you look at it, it renders. It looks real. Um. And actually, I actually found out the guy who did the atmospheric rendering was hired afterwards. Was hired by Google and did the atmospheric rendering on the new Google Earth, which is why the new Google Earth looks so good. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the same guy. Uh, but it is a game that does infinite generation, and it does do when you get on the planets. They are. They have generation, they have canyons and valleys and water if, they're all, if they have water and they have lovely atmospheres and they randomly generate the suns and binary systems and black holes and all this shit. And somehow, in a game with literally no gameplay, it, it seems to be more entertaining than the game with gameplay, No Man's Sky. What do they I have think gameplay? No Man's 
Does mm. it really? The important thing about <laughs> No Man's Sky, I think that I think this may be one thing. If, correct me if I'm wrong. Sorry, I think this this wasn't something you specifically addressed in your Patreon post, Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, was I think it and We Happy Few as a pair demonstrate uh. the limits of procedural generation. Absolutely. Which is you cannot procedurally generate everything on too big a scale because it totally lacks focus. Yeah, you procedural generation generate works story. in smaller indie games where you can set constraints and say procedurally generated within procedurally generated within this space and within these constraints. FTL, heat signature. And in those limited constraints where you have to generate a certain number of rooms arranged a certain way with a certain number of systems and a certain number of people under a certain set of environments where there's like it's building out of a limited set of tools within limitations, it's beautiful but the moment you try and create entire towns or entire universes and indeed like entire towns for we happy few where it was just a bit bland an entire universe in no man's sky where the whole thing is just no, it's it spread too thin it's so isn't it? it's, it's everything is identical aside from the superficial Gan, and, it's, what was and that, what? it doesn't work in the size. I think like the bigger, I think it almost suggests to me there's a real clear pattern. The bigger the space and the greater proportion of the game you're trying to procedurally generate, the worse it is, the least focus it is, and the less it's going to work. Yep. Dan, what's what's the kind of water uh, analogy you use? What like really big but shallow? Oh yeah, it's no, it's it's it's, it's the one everyone uses. Wide as the ocean, deep as a puddle. No man's sky is wide as the universe and deep as a. The amount, I don't know. You could the amount of water you could fit in an upside down pushpin. The, the weird thing is, though, we talk about this, right? And you know the way No Man's Sky they make a big deal in like dev blog about how oh they had to make it so if the planet has this on, it's got the accurate like fucking. Well, that was that was the thing. One of the things I really pulled up on the in that Patreon post was they said that like they were doing the ninety ten rule. So out of uh, the hundred planets you visit, ninety won't have any life at all. They'll just be barren rocks. And mm. out of those ten percent, only like like and again they do the ninety ten rule. So. Only ten percent of those are going to have life. That's like animals and stuff. So they bet you, or that'll be like water, and then ten percent of that'll be animals. So it was a real sort of like finding life would be a big deal. But in the game oh. that came out, everything had life. It felt oh, like yeah, yeah. there's no, no point to any of it. Well, I can see why though they they wouldn't do that from a game perspective because you know Space Engine does do the ninety ten rule. Like it does the ninety ten rule with first of all like heat and distance from the sun, and then it does the ninety ten rule with like atmospheres. Yeah. Then it does the ninety ten rule with where it has liquid on at all, whether that be water or or I don't know liquid methane or whatever, and you know and then it goes further and further. So the actual likelihood of you finding a normal terrestrial like planet that's 20 degrees like earth is so incredible because it is incredibly low yep but gameplay wise it's kind of boring so i can see why they wouldn't do it but don't promise ah, it but if- they they fucked that up too because it would have been interesting to have planets with all the animals if the animals had been interesting oh, the animals don't- but there's well, no-, no ecosystem no, they the did animals say this. don't it- react to each other in the or dev the blog. environment or anything in the dev blog they did show a big monster chasing after a herd I have never seen... It's not in the game. Not in the game. No. I I just saw, like, three animals just bumbling around around each other with no... They weren't acknowledging each other. They don't acknowledge, like, the existence of water or rocks. Like, you can see they literally just walk into walls because they don't acknowledge scenery. They are just... got bigger problems. I mean, the dumb, random blobs. The terrain is never interesting, apart from if they tell it to be interesting. So Minecraft has, like, the thing where it will spawn your terrain. You'll have your deserts that look deserty, and you'll have the... Every now and then you'll come across the big, sort of, tall, sharp mountains, and you might get really nice, interesting things from that. This doesn't have that. This kind of has... Oh, this world has big cubes on it, and this world's got, like, massive snaky rocks on it. But it never... That's, like, everywhere on the planet, and it never does anything but that. 
Yeah, and, and even just, if it does have massive snaky rocks, you're still going to get red plutonium crystals and you're, you're, yellow rocks and, and blue platinum flowers and red thamium flowers yeah. and all the rest uh, of it because every well, this, planet this, has that. This is what gets me down because you mentioned this and as I think both of us who really like flying in games, yeah. like when you go, okay, here is a spaceship that you can fly around in. There is a cool looking structure with an arch. Yeah, and you go. I want to fly like in GEA. Like one of the funnest things I find to do is trying to fly the, like those planes on the really small bridges. Yeah, and trying not to. One of the funnest game mechanics in the world is flying a thing under another thing. Yeah, so they went okay. Here's a game about flying, and here's a game about spawning random things. Let's not let players do that. Yeah, it's because ground and space are separate universes with an invisible wall between them, and they can which never interact. Which is what I was saying. Which is what I was saying a few yeah. weeks back. You know, I'm going to actually read your Patreon post. <laughs> it's pretty good. I did get a buzz on my phone. I mean, there's some things I, things I didn't mention, which was one of the big things that I didn't mention was that a lot of people are heralding procedural generation as the future when it's the past. Like, what happens is most games... So, for instance, GTA San Andreas has quite a high level of procedural generation when it was being created because they built the cities, but then when it came to building the landscapes and stuff, you don't really want to spend the whole time, you know making a landscape so they procedurally generate i believe this is how that uh, quite a lot of open world games are done they procedurally generate a lot of wilderness and terrain like that they'll go boom and then well, it makes it look more natural well, as well. No, when, like they, when is... they, they procedurally generate something because they know it's going to be this sort of area and it's got to look like this sort of thing then when they get generate one they like they lock it in place and then the artists go through and polish it up and then put the trees yeah. in the right places and stuff like and, that and, and generally like uh, something like that will make a, a more natural looking thing once again this yeah. um this guy who did the atmospheric rendering for, for Space Engine, I looked at his other projects, and he actually worked... He worked for, a, like, a an organization which basically just tried to make natural procedural generation, and they did a natural procedural generation for forests, terrain, water, um, mountains, uh, rivers, and atmospheres. And they're all really cool, the, these tech demos. It's actually an open-source thing. If you're a game developer and you want to have a mess with that, mm-hmm. that's open-source. But it... it you know, sculpting it manually, we are bad at sculpting things to look natural. Yeah. Um, it's very hard. And yeah. this does it for you, and then you go, oh, I'm going to tweak that to make this work in the game. And that's what you do. It's fine. Yeah. Whereas, mm. it, you just need just that a little bit more, because I don't think there's a single bit of No Man's Sky where I went, oh, that's interesting. Apart from a bit that was just sort of plonked there. I did, I once did, and then I was disappointed afterwards, because it turned out to just be a, a complete false flag, which is I went to a radioactive planet, and then I saw some rocks that were glowing green, thought, oh, I found uranium. No. No, it wasn't, because even though they were glowing green, it was a planet. Because it was rocks, they just produced iron anyway, because that's yeah. the rule for rocks. Rocks produce iron. Well, someone's worked out that you can actually gather, you can actually max out your ship, your suit, and everything from your starting planet. It's got all oh, the easy. materials. Well, yeah, because there's so many hundreds of square miles where literally everything spawns. There's yeah, no there's, reason there's why you wouldn't no, be able to. No planet's got, like, exclusive things, which I find yeah, very be, weird. Yeah, there'd be absolutely no reason, really, to bother ever leaving your first planet, to well, be honest, because well, you can just go around. Guess. Research bases are literally everywhere. Everywhere. This yeah, planet the whole planet's be... been explored. All of them. They've all been yeah. explored completely. I- explored, completely researched by researchers, and then abandoned because they got bored of it. Well, and no, I can understand what... why, having explored it myself no, for ten minutes. This, this is what I don't like because the terrain's not interesting enough to want to actually explore it. The um, procedure generated, like like bases and stuff, are really kind of small and boring, and there's nothing to them. Yep. And you know the idea of research, like you, you can't research a planet. There's nothing to do on the planet aside from mine things and find some other things around the place. And in something like Space Engine, there's no assumption that you go to a planet because it looks cool 
and you look around it, and it looks cool, and you take some yeah. screenshots, and you go somewhere Whereas else because it looks cool. No Man's Sky has a thing where there's stuff going on, there's the animals walk around that, but it's all just... I mean, you walk through the animals. They don't actually physically exist. I can walk through the animals. So it's it's like... You know when Christmas animals. rolls around, and they have those window displays everywhere? It's like those. They're all incredibly similar... Some of them are a bit interesting, but largely you've seen it all before. You can't touch or play with any of the cool things, and it's like being puppeted by very obvious strings. That's what No Man's Sky is. It's... it's... I, oh, I hope it... Right. My... my cons- well... The thing is, like, a universe-sized game, yeah. in concept, sounds cool. Horrible. Oh. No, it sounds cool to most people in concept, because... Yeah. Although you can explore a universe, it's like, yeah, cool. But... Game design-wise, that's it's so as Dan says, it's it's stupid because for a game to be good, it needs to be kind of designed. Yeah. And you can't design a unit like it, you physically can't design a universe. Like it's not. Yeah. Even Some of the best generation. games ever made were quite small. Size is yeah. not everything. You know, San Andreas was an incredibly small game, and it was so well designed. Yeah. yeah. Lots of people big. still hold Ocarina of Time is one of their favorite games of all time. That was very small in terms of the actual floor space. Yeah. Very small world. No Man's Sky goes, let's have a huge world, but because we haven't designed it, there's nothing to do in it, and it's very shallow. And I'm worried it's going to put people off, like, large-scale games like this, because really, for to do, you could do a large-scale game like this with a really big dev team with loads of time and, you know, years and years of development with, you know, you know a huge AAA team. Yep. But what did people expect? It's like a 15-man dev team. Oh, well, they expected a lot more because Sony... Bought, when people got oh, Sony didn't help them fund the game. Sony paid for the marketing budget. They yeah, got a solitary slot at E3. That's, mm. that's helping them develop the game. That is probably... I'd say that that would be more than the cost of actually making the game. Yeah. I think, I think that killed it. I, well, I think Sean Murray promising things in interviews that turned out that he hadn't no, actually developed yeah. and had no way of developing didn't help. No, yeah. that no, that didn't help. But the, space the, or the, P- of... the Peter Molyneux approach. Yeah, the fact that every but inch it... of space is filled with sixteen million asteroids. Uh, There's no like space. No. It's just asteroid space. It looks like. Well, every... where else are you going to farm Famium forever? Need, Good old Famium. Need it to keep your ship going because there's four different fuel types for the fucking thing or something. I, I get really annoyed, but you know when you're warping and you get all that shit flying past you. Yeah, I hate that because I um going back to space engine again. Uh, you can turn up the relative brightness of stars. Mm-hmm. That's an option. Now it's a very dangerous option because if you turn it up to above eleven, it's like suddenly trying to render every star in the galaxy yeah. and it shits itself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can try and push it as far as your computer can take it to the point where you're looking at this... It looks like static, but it's just stars everywhere. And then you move forward at the speed of light. And then, you know, you can sit there going, yes, all of these are literal stars with planets and moons and asteroids, and it's all, you know... Yep. Space. Yep. Hmm. It's all empty, realistic space. And No Man's Sky, it's like, ooh, look, flashy things. Why? Because style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, and I don't like... forget, space is full. Space is full and very, very busy. There's oh, wait, space why... stations and aliens and asteroids and planets. And, and every planet. Spaces. What the fuck are these planets orbiting around? Because there's no suns near them. There's 16 planets all next to each other. Oh, it's well, worse than oh, that. But... I once found a planet that had no sun in the system where it had a moon circling it and a moon circling the moon. And all of them they... were just chugging along happily with this little they... three levels they took of out, orbit. They took out orbit. They took out rotation of planets really early on. Like, really no, recently. They, get, they gave it... A... They gave a reason for this in that they wanted stuff to look cool, so they put planets ridiculously close to each other because that looks cool. And it's like, well, 
Space Engine didn't do that, and it still looks really cool. Yeah, Rodina so, doesn't do that, and it still looks really cool. Plus, I if mean, you're going to like do that for the sake of let's sacrifice realism for fun, why does it take, if, you're, if you don't have any Thamium, why does it take 20 minutes to fly from one planet to another? Yeah. Because that's not fun. There's no way flying from one planet to another. I mean, even if you've got Thamium and you can activate your pulse, it still takes maybe a minute and a half of just sitting there yeah. to go from one planet to another. In fact, that's not fun. How is that ever fun? Because you can't even be shooting asteroids because you're not. there's no controls while you're in pulse mode. Yep. It's just literally sitting still for 90 that. seconds. See, that's why I like... That's uh, indefensible. There's no fun there. I'd like to point out that today's video is up and it's No Man's Sky Alternatives. My new way of critiquing things is to go, that was shit, I'm going to play games that are good and show you them instead. That's nice. You didn't play... Although, you didn't do Space Engine. Well, I haven't played Space Engine before. This is games that I've covered before. So I've gone through... I'm space, disappointed in Space Engine is Starbound and Rodina. I think Rodina is closest to No Man's Sky, but it's actually been well thought out. So, for instance, when you hit the ludicrous speed mode option in Rodina, your ship's quite out of control, like you're going ridiculously fast, and you're crossing, because it's only set in one little solar system, but the planets are actually planet-sized, unlike a No Man's Sky with about a football field wrapped around. <laughs> yeah. There's, you're actually, when you're in that, when you're in the super fast mode, you're actually going out of control, so if you let it go, you'll just fuck off into anywhere, so you actually have to keep going in the direction, you actually have to, so when you're doing those long distances of travel, you actually have to do something about it. Oh. Plus, there's no like, draw distance on the planet, so, you know, they're infinite in size, and so when you sit there, you could just see the horizon on every side, and that is the best fucking thing in the oh. world. I And you can, and in Rodina, you can build your own ships, and you can customize the interior of your own ship. You can just choose, you can put your beds and something, it's got a little, like, game where you put all your stuff down, well, and you've got no now view screens. That's what No Man's Sky is missing, because, you know, the three games you've listed have building. Yeah. You know, they have some, some form of... they got some form of creativity. There is literally, right? If you're building a survival game, okay, and you've got mining and crafting and stuff, you need to have the layer of creativity. Otherwise, you, you're not going to get anything. Every game that's been successful has been there because it's been creative. Yeah, No Man's Sky is a game that's like, hey, explore. Why? To find things. But There's zero right. creativity to it, and that's its biggest issue. Like, well, people in Minecraft, like, I liked exploring in Minecraft because I was looking for somewhere to build a cool base. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you, you know, do for it. And you'd be, looking for, you'd be looking for your minerals and then returning back to your base. Yeah. Whereas No Man's Sky is about the journey. It's about getting between the things. Although it's not actually about the journey because people will defend... I love that No Man's Sky fans will defend that in both ways. Because if I go, it's about the journey and therefore it gets these things wrong, they're like, ah, actually it's not about the journey because it never tells you that's a goal. I'm like, well, then why the fuck isn't it letting me settle down on the planets and do all these other things? Oh, but I mean, base, it's, base base it's supposed later. to be about the ship. It's supposed to be kind of about the ship, but then the ship itself you can't really do anything with other than just upgrade it and sell it for a different, better one. So yep. there's no real attachment to the ship either. It doesn't know what it wants to be, I think is the big problem. I think it's it wants not... to... I think it wanted to be one very specific thing and then Sony went, actually, could you add these things? I think the hype got to him. If, if Sean Murray had made himself the game that he wanted, which was just flying between planets and playing Pokemon Snap with all the animals... That would have been great, but the survival elements, the, the the desperate attempt to add game to your gameplay, you know, I oh, yeah. I, I think that's the issue. That's the big problem they've got with it is they went re they tried really really hard to add a game because they went this this isn't gamey enough. And I've I've been there in game design. I've gone this isn't gamey enough. What do I do? And my answer tends to be make it more boring because I want to build events. the game boring. Quick time events. No. To, to want, right. I, I'm sorry I keep going back to Space Engine, but <laughs> want to get a go back. Like, Space Engine, they want to add a game to it, right? They want to add a game to Space Engine. That's being crowdfunded and they have this engine. I don't want to add a game to it. No. It'll ruin it. Yeah. It, it's it, it's fun because it's not a game. Yeah. 
Mm. And it you don't need to have all this really pointless, like, busy work in something for it to be fun. Yeah. Like, it's, it, it, like they're so worried about people going, oh, oh, I have to, oh, I'm looking at a beautiful sunset for, you know, 30 seconds. Oh, I'm going to get bored. I'm going to turn the game off. Like, they're so worried about people's attention spans being about 10 fucking microseconds. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm making, hmm. as, as, as Matt's very aware, the game I'm making is going to be, the, the main one that I'm making at the moment is, it's, it's a game that I'm going to market to a very small band of boring people. And I'm aware it's being marketed towards that very small band of boring people. But those that band of boring people are going to think this is the best fucking game ever made. So that's why you make it in that way. And I think that's what they should have done with No Man's Sky a bit more. Mm-hmm. Is they should have gone, hey, this is going to be a really boring space game. Let's keep it. I mean, now, because I've added the thing, it's really boring in a really boring way. Like, if it just had you flew between the planets and took photos of the things, and like, oh, I'm going to go to the next planet. Oh, the space station maybe had a bit of, like, buying and saying stuff. The fact they added mining and things that you could just go, no. The gameplay looks <laughs> no. bad. It's bad gameplay like, loop. I, I was, I was kind of hoping, like, with, spa- with space stations, I was hoping for sort of Mass Effect 1 type thing. It's like the space stations are one, mm-hmm. space stations are one room. Yep. With well, one two, fat bloke who sits there who you can't do anything with. So when it says you can do anything... Hopefully anything you wanted to do wasn't, I'll I just want to meet the aliens and talk anything. to the aliens. Because well, the there's one that... fat alien, he wants to have one conversation with you, then you can piss off, sunshine. That's one thing that I really don't understand, is when people are like, oh, you can do anything, you can be a pirate, you can do... I'm like, how the fuck are you a pirate in No Man's Sky? That's not possible. You can't. You cannot... There's you can no wait for other thing. pirates to show up and then blow them up. What do the big up. ships do? Are they, uh, the big ships, they shoot at you. They don't exist, though. You can fly right through them. Yeah, but like, what's the point of them? They like, shoot at you. Functionality. They make the is universe look busier because we wanted the universe to be busy. Is that yeah. Busy yeah, enough. they just shoot you. Because my thinking about them is like, if, if you're saying, oh, you can be a pirate, the idea is, oh, big ship, I'm going to go on there and steal the cargo. There are actually, we'll there it. are ships that do turn up and they do have like cargo orbs that you can shoot. You yeah. shoot and you get a random chance of there being cargo. Because I tried to do the pirate route, but that's literally it. Like, you shoot them and I got like, either like eight or like six or eight on the sides of the ship. And I shot them all and there was just like nothing in it. I was like, yeah. Uh, okay, and that was it. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. it, isn't it? Oh, that was that was. <laughs> it's very much oh, the game. I think actually, it's like oh. Mm-hmm. oh. For other games that do it better, by the way, just than the ones we've already mentioned, I want to recommend Stellaris, which I know yes. is is another boring game for boring people. Given it's you know the sort of it's also of, quite it's, difficult to get into. It's the sort of thing I'd very much like if I could get into it. It's it's like yeah, it it took me a fair few hours and a bit of reading to get into, it. and I'm told like people who've got experience with paradox games, and especially those who've played like Hearts of Iron or Europa Universalis, kind of get into it a lot more easily. But like having got into it, oh my god, it's so good. And even though like you barely see anything, like you know you're just moving little ships around little models of systems, and then just making them hop to different ones. And you never get to go down to a planet. And there's no 3D rendering or anything. It's all done through just text and music, and the ideas it's presenting to you, the sense of wonder and discovery and mm-hmm. exploration is insane. You genuinely, it's amazing. You you feel like it's, it just nails that sense of wonder and exploration, which from the little note, and like all the things that Sean Murray was saying, is exactly what the, he seems to have wanted, yeah. like No Man's Sky to be, I but it know. isn't in the slightest. It's I, incredibly linear and all the things we've been discussing. But I don't know why Stellaris no nails has... that sense of wonder. It's beautiful. I don't know why No Man's Sky's story is, to- is told through text. A lot of people have been defending okay. that it's like, oh, it's a story, it's got a great story. Like, yeah, but it's told through text and the only aliens you ever meet are just standing there. I mean, they're yeah. everywhere, but they're all just standing there. The pla- the- everything feels dead, but also like it's all been done before. There's no also, tone just, to it. I think that's another big issue. Can, can we just establish something as well? Like, those three games you listed, Dan, 
Those three games together are cheaper than No Man's Sky. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they're cheaper than No Man's Sky. Solaris, cheaper than No Man's Sky. Um, Space Engine, free, mm -hmm. free game. It's free. Yeah. I mean, you get all those. Literally, get like, get get three of those. Get get either those three games that Dan suggested. Get or get fucking Solaris yeah. and get fucking Space Engine, and you have literally everything No Man's Sky wanted to do is in those games somewhere. And we and don't know how much heat signature is going to cost, but it will probably be less as well. Yeah. Yeah, fucking that'll be less than 10. A lot of people say, Elite Dangerous! I give Elite Dangerous a mention, but it's not my kind of thing. It's like a Eurotrack simulator, but in space, so there's not a lot of scenery to look what at. What about, um, what's that other game that Scott Manley covers? Is the, the one with the big ships. What? The, there's there's, lo there's ships. lots of things. I mean, there's No, the one with the big ships that you can actually have a crew Star of like, Citizen. real people. Star Citizen, yeah. I, I know nothing about Star Citizen. At the me moment, neither. So. But me neither. But Star Citizen is once again a game that like No Man's Sky wanted to be, but actually has thought. For yeah, it. and has released things that show off that it's going in the right sort of direction. Hmm. Yeah, no, I think John, you said it. I think best in that No Man's Sky is a promising, really early alpha. I, <laughs> yeah, it I is a game which play... I look at and think in two years' time when they add in the game, this might be all right. I used That's to it. play the X series. The X three is the newest one. I used to play those, but. I ended up just being feeling like a space accountant because it, it was it really, <laughs> that's all it really was like in sort of elite dangerous. I, I say in this video that you are uh, you're space Dell boy because you just go around trading out about that about this. But the other one, I just felt sort of like a space accountant. You should join Eve, then you can literally be a space. Yeah, accountant. Yeah, I just can't recommend Eve because it's terrible, and I have tried it, but it's really not my thing at all. Star Trek Online. What about Star Trek Online? Star Trek Online is really horrible and horrific, and I play it quite frequently, but that's only because I like Star Trek. <laughs> oh, yeah. It Speaking is a Star Trek it, game, though, by the way. Speaking of Star Trek, um, Star Trek Bridge Crew has a release date. I'm not sure if you saw this. I did, because it's the same fucking release date as Final Fantasy XV. Is it? I thought, no, Final Fantasy XV was a bit earlier in November, yeah, it's wasn't it? has been delayed to the It's been delayed. Okay, so they're both November 29th now. Yeah, Planet Coaster's out November 17th. Yeah, the second half of the year is shaping up all right, isn't it? There's yeah. some good stuff floating around there. There's going to be some good stuff. Actually, you know Dishonored what? Dishonored 2. I still think Dishonored 2 is going to be good. I, I... Oh, shit, I forget about that. I forget that's even coming out. Mm -hmm. Hey! There's a, a real big fuck-up happening in the Lego world. Which I, I'm not... There's a, a Lego Dimensions Supergirl figure that's going to be exclusive to the new starter pack on PS4, which means if you've already got LEGO Dimensions, you'll have to buy the entire game again to get it. Can't you just buy it on eBay? The the figure or whatever? Yeah, or but it'll be really expensive. It'll be really, Probably really about expensive. about as much as the starter pack. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, like, that's a really screwy thing. I really don't like LEGO Dimensions. Uh, <sighs> wait, we were supposed to be talking about good games in the second half. Oh, hang good on. I've something else to add to it. Grow Up! I... Grow Up came out! That's good. You know what? I've played some Grow Up and I want to talk about it. Okay. Is it not good? Well, right. Grow Home is one of my favouritest games of last year. Mm -hmm. I it was lovely. I played it right. myself. It was lovely. I think it's an absolutely perfect small experimental thing. Now, this was the game where they expanded on the small experimental thing, but still kept it at a small price. I mean, it's only like eight, nine pounds or something. Okay. Seems reasonable. And I was expecting... You know, kind of the more of the same sort of thing. I was expecting kind of just the same sort of game, really. Just another go at it. I thought, I thought it was. It's not. What it is, is it's everything that was good about the original. They took that out. And then they added lots of interesting and clever stuff to it. 
and then they expanded upon the core, and they went, this is the sequel for the same or slightly less money than the original. It's quite possibly the best sequel of all time. In every, every way, it's about... This is guaranteed to go oh. in my top games of the year list. It's I'm a bit annoyed now. You were sort of building I know, I was, yeah, oh, I was expecting me, massive shitting on it. No, it is stunning. Mm. Like, that planet... The, the, the planet that you start on, like, the way they introduce the planet with you falling towards it, and you go, oh my god, can I go across? Because I really didn't look up much about it, but, like, you go across the whole planet, the movement and the, the climbing is still the same. I think that's the only thing that has really changed. But your abilities from, like, the very first ability are different. You don't. You're I'm not sorry. Get the same abilities. I'm sorry. I, I need. To, I need to give you a proper clap for that subversion there. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm still impressed by that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Grow up oh. is stunning. If it's it's eight nine pounds, I absolutely recommend it. Hundred percent. Like I've only played like three or four hours of it at the moment, but it is. It's got like so. They've before there was a hundred crystals. Now there's a hundred and fifty. So it's a full planet, isn't it? Well, small, it's a ho- it's, it's it's a sort of a, it's yeah it's a planet that you go around. So it's a, it's a whole planet, but. You have to go up, yeah, because you have to expand out to the moon to be able to find the last piece of mum, because mum gets sort of blown up a bit. So you have to... <laughs> Ooh, I feel like growing a plant that literally tethers the planet to the moon is probably asking for trouble. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. But, right, so I mean, you, I mean, it, the, the, the difference uh, is start immediately. So the fun about Grow Home was that when you, bu- when you finished it, you could look back on that massive vine that you built going up into the sky. In this one... The very first ability you get lets you basically scan and clone plants. So you latch onto a plant, press a button, you scan it, and now you can fire out as many of that plant as you want. And then if you scan another one and copy that one, you then get to switch between them. And there's like, I think it's like 16, possibly a few more, of these different plants, all with different abilities you can plunk down anywhere at any time. So you're actually growing a garden as well as growing the big main vine thing. Although the big main vine thing stopped and bloomed a lot earlier than I thought it was. And that's as far as I've gotten. I was like, ooh, you're, you're just subverting my expectations, game. I'm thoroughly enjoying you. But yeah, so if it blooms early, how did you get to the moon? I don't know yet. Ooh. I haven't worked that bit out yet, but I'm looking forward to finding out. I'm having such fun. Like, it is, it is, again, it's more of the same. It's but still it's, the grippy, climby thing. It's still the grippy, climby thing, but this time they've got a lot more of a focus on, like, moving around in the air. Yeah, you, you have the bounce kind of mushroom. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, there's those bouncing matches. The jetpack you get a lot earlier, it doesn't actually raise you up anywhere. It's basically a glide, and then you get sort of the thing that will stop you crashing into the ground. So it plays it that you, you're traveling in long distances in directions, but I, from where I am, if I, like, jump off, and I'm quite high up, I'm... I'm I've just got to the bit where the plant stuff... If I jump off and try and go around the planet as much as possible, I don't go all the way around the planet in that thing. I, I barely get like a quarter of the way around it in one fall. So, still, it's a huge planet. And it is, I'm really looking forward to just exploring every nook and cranny of it, because it has a lot of nook and crannies down on the base level. It's also added challenges. So there's these little races and things, like hit these four checkpoints that are scattered around the place. You have to work out how to get around to all of them. And you get different unlocks and stuff for that as well. So it's a much more, like, it's got a lot more depth to it. There's a lot more stuff to do. Like, if you just want to get to the top, that's fine, but you're going to have, you're going to find these things along the way. If you want, like, me to explore every inch of it, then you've got a lot more stuff to do there as well. It's, it's literally a perfect sequel. Couldn't ask yeah. for more. Couldn't ask for Very more. Nice. Super chuffed with it. I mean, unless the ending becomes massively depressing. Like, I was cl- slightly worried that they're going to do a sort of a, a dark ending to it. And it's going to be all like, oh, mum died and you have to now grow, you've grown up or whatever. But, like, they reveal that mum's fine, like, pretty much immediately. Because <laughs> she gets, like, <laughs> smashed up. And then you get a cutscene of her being a bit silly. And it's like, oh, good. We'll get rid of that. 
at the end of the game, it just kind of zooms out from the planet, and then kind of zooms out of a child's eye, and it turns out the whole thing was just a child at his dad's funeral. <laughs> just that was what was going in his head as he was having a massive psychotic breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's quite sad, actually. And just a single, a single tear rolls down his cheek, fade to black. Yeah. That can happen, I don't know yet. I, I doubt, I doubt that's going to be how where the game goes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's going to... But you know what, why that's especially interesting? Why? It's a Ubisoft game. Yes, but it's also made by Reflections, who made Driver, and basically made Driver San Francisco, then grow home and then grow up. So they've got a really good track record at the moment. No, they, they do, but I mean, I mean, my, 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 the main thing with Ubisoft is even, it's not outside of the game development point, it's more the publishing side, which is concerned. Because I feel like Ubisoft, I'm surprised they didn't go in and get the gory mitting, oh, let's expand it more and let's charge, you know, $30 for it. Oh, and wait, now, now that it's been successful and people like it, there'll be one every year for the rest of time. Well, this one was a year and a half since the last one. Mm-hmm. And the mecha- mechanically it hasn't changed much, has it? Well, graphically. the actual well, graphically, I don't think it's changed at all. We actually, no, because now you're on a circle planet. The planet's lit by two suns, and I swear, there's like an orange one and a white one, and so you get like an orange light and a white light being added to everything at the same time, so you know which sun's currently behind stuff. So it's constantly mm, like cute. changing its look and stuff. That's pretty. It's very pretty. I mean, you've got the, when the big vines there, it is casting a shadow across the entire planet. There doesn't seem to be any like draw distance limits for shadows, so it is a it's a very very pretty looking game. God damn. God damn, I like it. it. It feels like they, like, remade the same, like, in the same engine. Yeah, probably. Well, I think that's why they were able to make and Which is good, though, because, I mean, the game was kind of fine as it was. Yeah. I mean, but, the, but again, it's not that they just went, okay, same thing, same upgrades, you're just doing a climbing thing. They went, okay, how do we expand on this idea? So they took the movement and the climbing, and they took the idea of going up, and everything else is different. Yeah. That was the first ability you got into. I mean, you had like the glider and the different plants. You had to like stock up the flowers to glide. All that's gone. Like of stuff you got really early on in the game is just completely gone. It's completely vanished. Mm. And I like that. I like that they've changed things. It's it's got a lot. They've gone a lot cheekier with it as well. Like there's these plants. Oh, sorry, there's these flies that sort of sing. And I don't I don't know why the, these these flies sing, but they, you get like. Oh, what's the what's the what's the best moment I had with the flies? Like, actually, though, no, I put on a costume that dressed me up like a bug, and you're like a big bee, and then all these flies start getting attracted oh, to big me. Buzzy bee. But they're all singing. They're all sort of singing. Like, they sound like sort of a drunk old person singing like outside of a pub before <laughs> in the morning, but sort of in the distance. It's it's really weird to describe. But there's loads of them singing it, and I was just pissing myself laughing at these really silly little fly things. It's just a cute game, isn't it? It's a cute game Eight that pounds. knows what it wants to do, Gosh. and it does it, and I'm going to get, like, I, I I don't know, like, 10 to 15 hours of gameplay out of it. Sorry, I do need to, like, £8. Mm-hmm. That is really good. That's not even, like, a discount. No, that's, not really, a same, that's launch price. Yeah, that's just standard. It's a great game. RRP. It's really good. Wow, Are you, good. I've said that this is a thing that I want more AAA developments to do. I want them to go, let's make a small thing. We, they, we don't need to budget it very much. Let's just make a small, interesting little thing. Well, because it did used to be, didn't it, that there would be a load of smaller teams making smaller scale games yeah. sort of like 10, 20 years ago. And now it's developing these huge. They basically went, okay, let's take all our teams together and make one, a couple of really big games. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's kind of good that they're going back to this because they're kind of realising that the indie scene is quite big now. Yeah. 
and that them sort of putting their foot in the door a little there is helping. Yeah, I think. and plus, plus that. bigger companies going down to the more small indie level, they tend to make great games, whereas indie people trying to get up to the bigger levels, it doesn't work. You know, yeah. That way around doesn't work. But, you know, Ubisoft are doing it well, Square Enix are doing it well, they've got the Square Enix Collective, haven't they, and they've got some good little ones. They have. Publishing. Yep, Goetia uh, was quite good, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I mean, Life is Strange, published by Square Enix as well. Oh, was that part of? The, uh, I didn't know that was part of the collective, though. That wasn't part of the collective, but I think it was one of the first games, actually, if I remember, because I went, I went to the uh, press briefing for that. Ah, yeah. well, I liked, I liked uh, Life is Strange. It was one of my games of the year. It was actually no. When I was at the press briefing, they announced the collective at the press briefing. Ah, and okay. They basically said, they said, oh, we're going to go into this, and this is kind of the first stage of that. So Ubisoft are doing that a bit now. I hope they do that more. I mean, EA aren't. I mean, well, EA kind of did that with Unravel, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. But and then Sony did it with No Man's Sky. That, that, was, that, that was the other <laughs> way around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, mean, I mean, No Man's Sky didn't exactly pay for them. I mean, all these ones seem to be paid for and published by, like, the publisher. But no, no Man's Sky wasn't published. Well, they published it on PS4, Sony. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm just thinking about it. Because I've been worried that the, the third person, since you mentioned Banjo-Kazooie, like, the third person platformer kind of died out. But Grow Home is proof that you just need to give it a little bit of zest and it can come back very basically. Well, because mm. the problem with 3D platforming is it's just the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it, there's a reason it went away, but Grow Up is different. Grow Up is it's very still, still different. still flow in different worlds. Like, in, in some ways, what stops Assassin's Creed being a platformer? The fact, right, see, this is the thing that I have, is that in Assassin's Creed, to climb up a wall, you hold down two yeah. buttons and you point towards the wall. I, I, I quite miss Assassin's Creed 2 and 1 because in Assassin's Creed 2, and especially 2, there was tactics that we actually have to press multiple buttons yeah. to use certain tools to get up and high. And Assassin's Creed 2, I think, was the perfect mix of actually having to manually do shit. And, you know, it. Because it, if it was too. Over, if, it was, if you had to do too much, it'd just be really annoying and it'd ruin the flow of the game. But I think it got the balance right, Assassin's Creed 2, and then it sort of went, oh, let's make it easier and easier and easier. And it's like Assassin's Creed Syndicate, just press a button, you're at the top of the building. It's yeah, like, you literally oh. press a button, you're at the top of Big Ben. Yeah. There is to yeah. get to the top of Big Ben button. Yeah. <laughs> whereas because you've got the magic they... climb to the top of buildings machine. Where, well, no, well, whereas in Grow Home to climb a thing, you hold down. I mean, the left bumper put, is controls your left arm grip or ungrip, and then the right one controls the right one grip or ungrip. And then when you're moving, the hand that isn't gripped is what the left analog stick now moves. So you grip, move the, the up, grip, and then basically, and that means you can actually climb using the same climb mechanics. You can climb across surfaces that are slanted, or even like just a, you can climb across ceilings in that game. You can climb across anything because you're just it's just consistent and it works. The way it works just keeps working. Plus, add that hmm. to the procedurally generated movement that he does, like the physics-based movement, and it just means that the game it just looks so much better. I think they've done a bit of work refining it. It seems a little glitchier than I remember, but it also seems to be doing really interesting stuff as well. I like it. I like it a lot. Really? And you know what? You know what? And here's a weird sentence to say. That game is definitely in my top ten games of the year, but it's not the best game that I played this week. I've played something even better. Because I finally had a go at Project High Rise. And I'm in love, ladies and gentlemen. I am in love. Project High Rise is a sort of a, uh, a more modern take on Sim Tower. Now, if you've never played Sim Tower, that's a, a bit of a... Wait, shit, hang on. Matt, do we have any embargoes for Project High Rise? Because it's not out yet. I think you asked this, and I very specifically said no. Okay, good. 
I thought that was just for a video. Quick, I do, quick, I do cover want to check. It's, uh, Hitman. Let's talk about Hitman while yeah. we figure out whether Dan broke the law. <laughs> well, I haven't said I haven't said anything about it yet, apart from the thing that's obvious. We know it's out, but it's uh, it's coming out. I think eighth of September. Project High Rise. It says very specifically, Project High Rise is now available to preview, and it would be great if your channel would cover it. Good. Well, I'm covering it here, and I'm going to cover it in a video uh, later on this week. It's it. Oh my god! It's ba so basically you build you build up a tower from sort of a two D cutaway perspective, much like you did the original Sim Tower. But it's so. I mean, okay. One thing I don't. Let's, let's, I'm going to go through things I don't like first. The art style is a bit clip art. Like the faces look just kind of generic. It doesn't really have its own sort of style or anything. It just it looks a bit yeah. I don't really care about the art style. There's also one really annoying bug, which is if somebody moves out because you failed them in some way, your your handyman who you can't guide around, they just sort of do things in the order you tell them to, they will prioritize cleaning up all the stuff that that person left, which means if they've moved out for because a thing hasn't been built, if you try and build the thing they need, they'll try and clear that person out first, which takes ages, which means if you've got other of the same type, you'll lose a lot of them before actually they go and fix the thing, and it's quite an annoyance. But everything else, I mean, this is, again, it's an early version, it's not out until September. It's it's just so fucking Here's addictive. Oh my god, I have no idea. No. I sat down yesterday to try it. Or was it two days ago? Try it, whatever. I put like ten hours into it. I do not have ten hours free. There's no way in hell I have ten hours free. I was playing it until like four or five in the morning. Just going, right, yeah, I will go to bed. But first, this tower over here, because you can build, of course, multiple towers in the same area. This tower over here, it just needs a little, just another little set of office blocks over there. And, like, you, you get, like, there's so many currencies to run. There's, like, Buzz, which is, like, uh, if people like your coffee shops and stuff, that generates Buzz. And then you can use that and uh, to, like, spend it on things like, um... Uh, you get 50% off all building and things, and that'll take, like, say, 100 buzz the first time, but the second time it's going to take 500 buzz, and then 1,000 buzz. So you have these huge boosts, these huge useful boosts, but they come later and later in the game, so you've got to learn how to use those properly. You also get things like influence, which lets you unlock things, like you can build things higher, you can build a metro station underneath your tower that people can use, uh, and you can get, like, artworks and stuff. There's also, like, prestige, which is how good your tower is, and if people move out, it drops down, but that tells you what you unlock as well. So there's so much going on. Plus, you've got to keep all the people happy and everything. And I just love the fact that above, I've, I've built these different towers. There's, like, my office tower and my, like, residential tower and my shopping tower. And then underneath, in the basements, I've got all these, like, really intricate, like, ways that these things are being supported. And everything's just on this cusp and on this balance. And if one thing goes wrong, the whole thing could just collapse. Fucking hell, it's amazing. So, so fucking me, good. Tell me, Dan, what does Project High Rise do right that's something like um, the fucking Fallout piece of shit does wrong? What, Fallout Shelter? Yes. Oh, well, it actually has gameplay, I think, is the first thing. Whereas Fallout oh, Shelter, you're just like, hey, I'm going to build this thing, and then you build the thing. In this, you have to build the area that that thing needs. So you need to cut. So, say you want to build an office block, like an office, a floor of offices, right? First, you need to build up the floor of itself. So you just go on the construction, and then you've built oh, the floor. Shit. You then need to get up stairs or elevators and stuff like that. Because if you get your stairs and elevators, otherwise people won't be able to get to them, so they've got to be built. Then, once the handymen have built the whole thing and, like, uh, carved it all out or everything, then you allocate which which rooms go in where. So you have loads of different size of offices. So you get, like, small offices, medium offices, uh, large offices, and then, like, HQ offices. 
And in each of those different types, there's lots of different types of people that can move into them. So if you build like a small office, I think there's five different types of people that can move into it, like legal services, creative services, banking services, etc., etc. Now, when you've... So you built this like empty thing, say this is going to be a small thing. You click on it, and then you look have a list of people who, are, who want to lease that place, who want to rent that place. And so then you have to choose, but they need different things. So, for instance, uh, legal people will need courier services and copier services. So you need to build courier and copier services that they could use somewhere in there. However, they cost money. So you may be getting a bit less money, unless you can have lots of legal offices, you don't want them. But if you want creative services, they need a bottled water service, because of course they fucking do. So then if you want to go creative, you need to get bottled water people in there. So do you want to focus on one thing, or do you want to get like a variety in there? Because if you get a variety, it's going to become more appealing and get you more prestige. Plus, on top of this, you also have these contracts, which are like challenges that you can do, which is like get this many people in your thing, and this uh, uh, this like this many different types of offices, this many big offices, uh, go this many floors up. There's, there's lots of... lots to do. So basically, to build one office, you have to do like five or six different things to get it just right, and you have to prepare for it. Plus, of course, there are five different utilities. There's electric, phone, cable TV, gas, and water. Different offices require different oh. things. You have to- Come on, they could- I mean, come on, they couldn't even do fucking triple, um, what's it called? Uh, triple play. What do you mean triple play? It's, it's, where, it's, the, it's where you have telephone, cable, and internet in one line. Oh my oh. god. Oh my god. Oh my it's an god! Actual system. Yes, what? but well, actually, literally you know unplayable. What? I'd like to point something out. They technically do because the utility you need to build a utility cupboard to bring things up. Electricity, phone, and cable TV all come up through the same one, so you don't need to build loads of wires up. You just need one cabinet to go up there, and then for water and gas, they need a separate one. So they've got to come up from the base where you've got those things. But of course, if you're building residential areas, then they need trash. Okay, now you've got trash. Where does the trash collect? Okay, I need trash collection in the basement. Okay, who cleans out the trash collection? Okay, I'm going to need to get some handyman services in here. And it just goes on and on. And everything needs to be thought about for so long. You can't just go, I'm going to build a big tower and fuck it. Because I tried that and everything went so wrong. <laughs> and you can't, like, jump ahead, because, A, the game sort of locks things away until you get later on, but even when you get later on, you can't go, right, I've got lots of small apartments, now let's build luxury five-bedroom massive fuckers, because you won't be able to run them. You need to gradually build everything up and gradually get it bigger. It's just you know, beautiful. The developer of this, uh, on Steam, they only have one other game. Uh-huh. It's another simulation game, it's called 1849, it is a city management game. Mm -hmm. Uh, about the California gold rush, and you make towns and you populate them with workers. I'm gonna have to play that because if it's anywhere near it, it looks like I'm gonna love it. I mean, it was made two years ago, and it kind of looks like uh, like the, sort of the original SimCity style, like the isometric style, but but with like old American West towns. Yeah, it's really it's That's kind of interesting. It's a beautiful, very positive thing. reviews. Yeah, the, this this game is it's I mean it's very it's my kind of thing. It's that early, it's the late nineties, early two thousands business management with a hint of creativity. That's the that's the thing that makes these games and makes these games excel over the others is that you do have to focus. You do want to you want to make it look nice as well. So there are like sort of decoration options as well. So any blank space you've got, instead of it just being dead blank space, you can choose what wallpaper or if it's got big windows and stuff, you can put furniture and lights and stuff in it. It's wonderful. It's really it's now, beautiful. It's so lovely. since you've, you've look look since you've had a bit of a fucking wank over it, like, <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to move on. That's all right with you. Oh, I want to talk about it forever. It's I mean, so do you nice. want to have a? 
Mick, you, you want to have graph. a second quick? At the end of the day, oh. you get a graph, and the graph tells you how well you're doing, and like you get loads of information. Dan, and Dan, shit. Dan, 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 so Dan, Dan, full of information. Dan, 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 yes. Dan. Yes, turn the mic off. Uh-huh. Go away for five minutes. Uh-huh. Do your business in a, I don't know, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere private, uh-huh. quiet, and then come back. Okay. And while you're doing that, me and Matt can discuss Hitman. Uh, all right, fine. I'm actually going to play the fucking thing. What do you think of the new <laughs> Thailand level, Matt? I Thailand more pa- like Toilet Land. Toil. Fuck it. I'm off. <laughs> not as good as Sapienza. It's, no, it's not, not Sapienza. I think it's better than Paris and uh, definitely better than Marrakesh. I don't like Marrakesh. You see, I'm actually, actually coming to the opinion that Paris might be slightly better because Paris has got more manoeuvrability in it. Like, there's more pipes, there's more um, ledges that you can move around internally and externally, whereas actually you're quite limited in how you move around the building. It's, I think it's a more limited yeah. level. It's a more limited level, but I, I kind of I like the design of it more. I, mm. I feel it's a bit more organic. Yeah, I, I, I do. Of, I do kind of especially like the fact that the hotel is kind of split in two, so you can snipe from one half to the other. Which I'm, is I'm, quite a, nice. a, I'm a big fan. It's the first level in this new one that like has a lot of things that kind of make sense. Mm. Like, like the guy downstairs, he will stay on that loop until like his. It says his room's ready, and if he goes up and his room's not ready, well, so what you have to do is you have to go up manually and you have to go around. You and have to clean, clean it yourself. Yeah, there's four things yeah. you have to do to clean it yourself. Otherwise, he's not satisfied. Or you can just take him straight down to the laundry, which is a bit easier if you can get yeah. the ladder. Yeah, but like, it's, or it's you can murder kind of... him. Actually, the one that's interesting because like what I found a found from watching other people play it is. Um, just because there's, like, the opportunities and the achievements don't give away anything, there are kill mechanisms, there are kill methods that aren't even mentioned in any yeah. of it. So all of the lighting rigs can be shot down. Well, no, this is what I'm like, getting. Like, in the restaurants, if you shoot the actual connections for the big light display, that falls down. There's not a single achievement or um, anything, or, like, a ward or whatever, for it. But you can do it, and you can actually kill him, and that's an accident. So you can just kill him well, as he walks through the restaurant anytime well, you want. this is it. This is it. The whole thing seems like it's it's the most. I think even more than Sapienza, it seems a lot more organic. I yes. still prefer Sapienza, but it seems more natural. Things seem to be a bit more logical to how they would. It seems like the most realistic and less least mm. mechanical. Weirdly. Would you agree that the problem potentially is that it is imbalanced between the two targets? Which is there's a lot more interesting ways you can kill Jordan Cross the rock star than Ken Morgan the lawyer. But Morgan has relatively speaking less you can do with him. Honestly, I I feel there's more I can there's more to Morgan I can do that I've figured out. Because I think there's it's like you, me... either you can find a way to kill him on his initial loop, or you take him down to the laundry and you kill him there, or you take him up to the Queen Suite and you kill him there. Those are the only three places he can go, as far as I can tell. You see, I feel like it it does feel like he can do something else. I haven't because found it yet, and I don't see any indication a, of it. No, there's a strong implication that Jordan Cross isn't supposed to know he's there. Right? Yeah, but that's that's right. just the story. I know that's just the story, but I feel like there's probably some way to get him to meet. Oh, no, I've tried that. I've got them in the same room and they don't acknowledge each other. Oh. The only way to get them into the same room is um, if you do the exterminator, and thus you get, after you've set up the extermination, you say, I need to examine the room upstairs, and then the hotel manager calls down everyone who's upstairs. Jordan Cross yeah. comes down into the foyer, and if you time it right so it's happening just as he passes through the foyer, they can pass with an easy vision of each other, and they don't acknowledge each other. Uh, in fact, the only reason you want to get Jordan Cross is so you can murder him with a coconut because that's an achie- that's an achievement. Uh, I mean, yeah. Then in that case, I'd agree. But I kind of I, I never felt like the kind of second. <laughs> 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 
Sorry, you're... And because Sorry. Chernobylov has escaped from his pit, that means Hitman time is over. I just, I just say it was like comes out of the pit to let us know we've been talking about Hitman Are you, are you enjoying Project long. High Rise, Dan? <laughs> yeah, I just you, you're playing footage of Project High Rise in the background, so clearly no one's, oh, yeah, listen, shit. No one's listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, how do I interrupt this chat with uh, with minimal no, disruption? Look, Let's right, talk about remasters. Remasters? Remasters, because uh, there was, I believe this, I believe it was this last week, and apologize if this technically happened just before last podcast, we just didn't talk about it. Um, the Bioshock collection yeah. uh, released its Let's Compare the Old Version to the Remastered video. Uh-huh. And I'm a bit confused by it, because they do the whole kind of, you know, here's the old version, then they do a swish across, and then hold it a half and half for a second, then swish it over to the new version. And looking at them side by side, I can see, yes, those do look different, but the remastered version doesn't really necessarily look any better. It looks different, just about the same, but with... You know, like it's been loaded it, into it looks, Photoshop it and looks, had its vibrancy yeah. turned up okay. a little bit. You know what it looks like? It looks exactly like those GTA Five like um, graphics mods that come out, which all they do is they like lower the contrast a bit. Yeah, yeah. it's just literally and up it, the saturation. Just like they've just put a tiny bit of vibrance or filter on it, but I don't feel looking at it like it's any better. It's, I mean, the, like, the I can, I can see a difference. Res. I just don't know if like. It's the same way well, of a lot of things, which this is a problem that I have with a lot of things, like when people talk about like different versions of a game and say, oh, look, you can clearly see the difference between this version and this version. Yes, you can if you put them next to each other, but if it's a good game and you're, and you're actually immersed in it, then you wouldn't actually really, once you've been playing for a couple of minutes, really no. mind one way okay. or the other. Looking at it, the differences look like uh, it's higher res, the texture a bit cleaner, and... Uh, Tiny bit, but... I mean, the, it's not enough to justify a rematch. I just, I... I mean, I can see there's a difference. I just, I couldn't for the life of me tell you what the difference actually is. Yeah. Like, if you actually showed it me the other way around and, like, just flipped original versus remastered, I probably wouldn't call you out on it. I wouldn't have noticed. It looks less... Slightly less grey because it looks a little bit more, as you say, with the contrast. Well, yeah, but colour. It more looks like I think they just added some seaweed in there. I think I just saw a tiny bit of extra seaweed. You know the way New Vegas has a filter over everything. Yeah, but a bit of orange to give it a bit of a warm colour. No, yeah, but it kind of feels like Bioshock, the original one, had a grey filter over everything, and they just got rid of the grey filter. That's what it looks like. Because everything is a bit less like undersaturated. Mm. The other thing that's worth oh, noting is, of course, it. when they do the "Hey, here's let's compare the new and the old version." All the comparison shots are of Bioshock One. They don't show any of the comparison shots for Infinite because presumably the difference there is even more tiny. Yeah. Wait, they're remastering Infinite. Uh, yeah, why? they're remastering why? all three of them and bringing them all forward. I don't know okay. why, but you can clearly see when you look at that, the colours again been slightly tweaked. That shot of Elizabeth. That you just had up there for a second. Look, she's Matt, slightly Matt, of a secrets. different colour. Matt, I saw the secrets on the Twitch stream, Matt. <laughs> Matt, I saw the secrets that you were giving away. I mean, I, I don't get it. I mean, so the, you said they were redoing Mass Effect as well. Yeah, well, they've well they've previously said people are saying Infinite isn't getting a remaster. Well, something's changed because I know that game really well, and they've definitely done something with the coloration. Because Elizabeth's dress was not quite that blue when she's falling away from you just after your rescue and she's been knocked out of your hands by the singing bird thing in the original. That's definitely changed a tiny bit. Where we got a saturation slider. Okay, let's move that up a little. Something's changed the tiniest bit there. But yeah, they're saying they might remaster Mass Effect, which again is one of those things where I think, fine, 
feels like the the different you know the amount of time between a game coming out and the time it needs to get a remaster is going down i'm not really sure you can like even mass effect well, no, 1 it, still looks okay gta today. 5 was remastered fine. a year after it came out and then that remaster yeah. got a remaster half a year after that came out i want to point out right with the remasters i uh, i'm okay with them in some respect because especially some of these like 3d games uh like these sort of photorealistic ones they don't age well yeah and some of them are kind of gaming classics. And frankly, like, as much as they kind of feel unnecessary, I'm, I'm not sat there going, I, I'd rather play the remaster. It's not like I'm sat there going, oh, I'll play the original now. I'd rather play the remaster. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not really, it, it does feel a bit like going, oh, we have this license. We don't want to make a new game. Let's just remaster the old one. I mean, it does seem a bit like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't mind. Well, while EA do this, EA, could you remaster the first sim? Seriously. Just remaster yeah. Sims 1. Does it actually not? Just, just give it 1080p options. That's all I want. That's all I really want. Now, we've had uh, many requests to discuss Neutral World, and I can say it is going to come out soon. Yeah. And that's all Not we know. sure what you want us to say about that one. <laughs> the trailer was entertaining. It does. Actually, yeah, that trailer did a thing that I don't fucking like. There's a few little things that irk me when it comes to a thing. Like, uh, when people go, this isn't a game during a game. Or this isn't a film during a film. That... I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. I hate robots that go, oh, we have an 87% chance of failure. Fuck you. That bollocks. You can't... You you need to know everything that's happening in the universe. Shut your fucking metal mouth, you prick. That was in the Star Wars trailer. Yeah, it was in everything. It's always been thing. But the thing that I hate yeah, the most... Everything. We were talking about Nuka World, Dan. Yeah, but I'm, bring, I'm bringing it back there. Is when something's doing a comedy song about something, when they acknowledge... They, they break the universe by acknowledging, like, that they're a bit dodgy. And Nuka-Cola did it when they were like, oh, one of the lines is something about how they're, like, they're just about hit the safety standards or something. Hmm. Like, that's not a thing you would do, and that immediately throws me out of it. Because I know you're supposed to be going for the comedy bent, but it kind of... Just don't do that bit. Like, we can well, see... There's always kind of been a thing, thing in Fallout, though. There's always been a little bit. No, like, Sunset but... Sarsaparilla and New Vegas did something very similar. No, around. well, no. Okay, no, Fallout 4 did take it a bit further, mm. I think. It, well, it, no, it, if, you did... actually, if you speak to what's-his-face, the, the broken-down robot in the headquarters yeah, of Sunset Sarsaparilla and New um... Vegas, he literally acknowledges and talks about the safety warnings on TV. No, but yeah, but it, it's kind of... It, it's not... It, it's done the kind of... It makes sense... It's like, oh, if you've been hearing about safety warnings, don't worry, it's fine. Mm. Like, it, it's more like a PR chill thing. Mm. But Fallout 4 makes it, it's a bit more obvious, it's a bit, just, it's, it's a bit too in your yeah, face. Yeah, I guess maybe like, like traditionally does. in Fallout, it's more like you're, you're able to break into the corporate headquarters and then read all of the notes saying, hey, this is going to murder everyone and we're going to sell it to them anyway. Because that no, happens um, a lot. What was, what was it, um, the, oh God, what's it called? Um. The, the quantum in the new Coca-Cola and Fallout 3 in the new Coca-Cola no, factory is a big one. I have Slurm in my head, but it's not. It's the one in Far Harbor. The uh, Vim. 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 The Vim factory. I fucking love the lore in the Vim factory. Mm. Because that has this really interesting story about like Vim and how it was made and the problems they were having and then trying to make this noob thing and then that failing, not doing very well and the bombs kind of dropped when they were trying to recover. And that's an interesting story and that feels natural. Plus, I just but love the fact that obviously all the soup mutants sit around in the Vim because they spend their lives looking for vats of green stuff and they find vats of green stuff. So obviously, they think, oh yeah, we found it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they like, like, oh screw it, this must be it. this must be forced evolutionary virus. We'll just have a nice sit in here, lovely. But you know what? Like I, I felt the tone of that was good, but like a lot of for and even in the Nuka World trailer, it kind of feels like 
I always feel like the tone is off a bit. Mm. It's always a bit too slapstick, and I'm something. Like, but maybe that's a song for the trailer, not actually that was ever supposed. Well, no, to but on I, d- TV I don't even mean something. just the trailer. Like as as Dan said, like the, the like some of the voice bits. It's like, uh, mm. I mean, All World Blues was slapstick, but the whole point was that that was its focus. It was this ridiculous, like like fifty sci-fi ridiculous mm. thing and it was kind of taking the piss yeah, out of that it's, it's, and yet it had the moments of some of the biggest moments of darkness in Fallout New Vegas as my, well my issue is when you're trying to say this is the song that was sung for this theme park when it was running they wouldn't have that line in it that line's just been added for comedy and I like what line? The, the, the line which is we barely passed the safety standards or whatever oh yeah that's my issue is yeah. that it's just it's just a joke that's there out of place and a lot of people do things like this. And it just kind of bugged me. Because Fallout didn't used to. I feel like New Vegas didn't ever do that. Yeah. I think it was subtle. Oh, it was... I've, just, I've also got a breaking news story. Ooh. Oh. Uh, Assassin's Creed, the Ezio collection, has been rated for PS4 and Xbox One. So apparently they're making a remaster of Ezio's games. You know what? I'm fine with that because they're the best games. And also, Lego Harry Potter collection has been leaked for the PS4. So there you go. That's two hmm. things. Meanwhile, still on Fallout, obviously, we should probably acknowledge, yes, there have been some rumours about Fallout New Orleans. We don't know if it's real. Probably isn't. I want to say the rumours is that there was a trademark apparently made. You know, But with no owner attached to it. I mean, you realise, like, this happens a lot and it means nothing. Like, there's no point in, like, caring until, like... I mean, it's it's nice to make some jokes on Twitter about it, but it's it's probably nothing and we're not going to know for ages, even if it is. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. Uh, I want to talk about one thing. Yes? Yeah. Uh, Star Trek Discovery. Is that the new TV series? That's the new TV series, and it's been confirmed that it takes place 10 years before the original series. Oh! Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Wait, hang on. When, when does Enterprise take place? Wait, Enterprise took place about 100 years before the original series. Right. So this is like the start so, of the Klingon War kind of thing. So this is kind of like the... because. Uh, they're trying to like much like like uh, TNG and Voyager and and Deep Space Nine were all sort of the same universe. This is kind of trying to expand the original series a bit. And um, so, um, I fucking don't like original series Star Trek. And apparently, it okay, okay. Here's the thing that's been confirmed: it takes place ten years before the original series. It um, I don't run for ten years. Doesn't focus on the bridge crew. Yeah, I saw that and I thought, that's interesting, but also... Uh, yeah, I'm sat there going, well, the bridge crew's the... Like, there's a reason, like, you know, um, what was the episode of TNG called where they focus on the sort of, like, lower... De- I think it might be called Lower Decks or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, and, when there's, and that there's a Bruce Teeth skit about the night crew. <laughs> It's oh, fucking amazing. Me- <laughs> Meanwhile, with the red shirts. <laughs> oh my god, meet the red shirts would be a great name for a Star Trek. <laughs> no, but it is. It is like, like generally, the, the reason they focus on the bridge crew is because they're the ones calling really all the fucking shots in the life of yeah, the you know. That th- see that I find kind of interesting. But from Star Trek, Star Trek has always been about how the hell we do diplomacy when there's horrific things going on. Yeah. Whereas this, the kitchens. The I wouldn't mind following the kitchens. There are no kitchens, kitchens on the Enterprise, mate. It's all yeah, but it's all no, no there aren't on the Enterprise. They haven't. They get invented five years before the original series, so there's still kitchens. They w- oh yeah, you're right. Oh. You, you, you yeah, there was a kitchen. On, there was a kitchen on in the NX01, and that's a Thank big deal. You. I want to follow but the kitchens because pro- kitchens interesting. My favorite problem. bits of Orange is the New Black is when it's in the kitchens and all the politics about the kitchens. Okay, yeah, but if we've got <laughs> Star Trek mixed with Orange is the New Black, we've just got fucking Voyager again. 
That's all. That's all we've got with that. <laughs> oh, can you imagine they just do Star Trek Discovery and all it is? It's discovering food. <laughs> it's just. A, it's just a, like a restaurant drama, and that's all it is. And like, there's just shit happening in the background, but they're just like having their petty squabbles about like who gets the. If you do Star Trek from not the lead's point of view, not the like the main people's point of view, it's going to be about like relationships and people. And I know that's popular with care. TV, but I don't give a fuck when it comes to Star Trek. I've always like, wanted a sci-fi series that's set on, like, a massive, important, huge warship, but it's set, like, with people who have such menial jobs they have no idea what the warship's doing, and there's clearly a war going on in the background that's actually being fought involving this no. ship, yeah. and bits of it get blown off and people die, See that, and there's peace and war and betrayal, but like we have that. no idea about it, and we just get slight hints of it in the background, okay. and it's all just about these people and their crappy you... menial lives. Okay, remember that um, episode uh, of... Next generation where Q takes Picard back to when his heart gets replaced, right? And he makes him fight. The, it makes him. He's like, oh, do you want to, you know, not fight the Norse again? And he does. But then when he they brings him back to the Enterprise, he's just like a a, a lieutenant, a science lieutenant who's really dull. And he's trying to go up to the bridge. He's like, what's happening? And they're like, nothing to do with you. And so he just walks back to the lift, looking sad. Yeah. And you just know what's going on. And that's all it would be. It would just be this guy walking around going, "Here's your report, sir." It's a, yeah, This I'm is. I, I'm bored. always thoroughly interested. That's something I write a lot of. Is a big event goes on and we focus on people who aren't in any way attached to it. Which is the reason I like Cloverfield so much. Is that Cloverfield hmm. was, you know, it's a Godzilla film. But we didn't focus on the president going. Rah! We focused on just a little bit of the story. And I think that made for a really, really yeah, interesting but there's, film. But there's a, yeah, but there's a big difference between focusing on these random people and then focusing on, like, the president's lackeys. Yeah. I do like Lex for that though, reason. So, yeah. I, I, I still think Lex can be defended. Did anyone see Lex? No, what's Have Lex? you ever seen Lex? No. Basically, it is the Lex is the biggest, most terrifying super weapon in the galaxy. It's a giant organic starship that eats planets. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It blows them up and then it eats the bits that are left over. And it gets accidentally stolen by a slightly idiotic member of the cleaning crew, a sex slave who's half insect, a broken robot head, and just those. Th- I think it's just those three when they start off. Oh, and then a dead guy joins them later, a dead guy zombie thing. Uh-huh. Um, and they kind of accidentally steal it, and then they kind of go on the wrong, because now they can't really go anywhere else because everyone tries to shoot them and kill them if they ever go near a civilised system. Just basically bumble around in the most terrifying super weapon in the galaxy. Uh-huh. But they're not really... They don't know how to use it properly, and because it's organic, so it kind of has a mind of its own anyway. And occasionally when they're not looking, it just blows up a planet and eats it that they're passing by without them telling it to, and it just doesn't tell them. It's just it's and it's just about them with their really crappy petty problems and interrelationships. Oh my god, that's and the, but they're just in the world basically just they they've flying they've accidentally carjacked the Death Star basically. Mm-hmm. Oh god. Like except that. a de- except a Death Star that's sentient What's and likes blowing up planets. Lex with double X, I would assume. Yes, because it's a sci-fi with a double X. early two thousand. Lex was oh. brilliant. Holy shit! Around for sixty-one episodes, and I never even heard of it. Yeah, it ran, I think, three series, and they, they changed the lead actress after the first series. Because <laughs> fuck I mean, it, why not? Very nice. I mean, it, it does have some run to But no, Scott Trick Discovery, um, I, I... Oh, God, I don't care about... I don't care about the original series. I don't care about the Klingon War. The problem is, right, we've had the... We've, ha- we've had Enterprise going, ooh, the Klingon War's going to happen. Yeah. And we've had... The next, we've had the original series, which was like, oh, the Klingon War's happening has happened. Yeah. And then we've had the next generation, which was like, the Klingon War happened, and we've moved on from it. Frankly, I don't need to know the fineries of the Klingon War. It's not that interesting. The Klingons aren't that in... I, I hate... 
I skipped every episode of fucking TNG. It was like, ooh, we're going to do with the Klingon High Council. I don't give two shits about the fucking Klingons. Yeah. Gonna, yeah, I see. The, the, my problem is that Klingons are a boring adversary because they're just a big hammer. Oh, we're a warfaring race. Yes, I know. Whereas that's why Deep Space Nine worked because it was the Cardassians and they're sneaky motherfuckers. And, and the, the, and the Dominion, Dominion because they, they were just unknown sneaky motherfuckers. God, I fucking love the Cardassians. <laughs> Which one's your favourite, Kim or Chloe? Oh, oh. Could you mute John for the remainder of the podcast, please, Matt? <laughs> Took me a minute. There. There's a there's a limit to what we'll take. <laughs> no, but, right. I, I was Matt, I was kind of hoping you know, job, you know that's unfortunate. That's a, oh no! But and you know next you go, week we'll have what instead? Oh, John, Matt. No, but you know when you go, oh, let's expand Star Trek. You go, oh, well, you could focus on kind of something around the TNG, or you could go like, far future. Or you could go sort of between the next generation of TNG, and then they go, no, no, let's do five years, ten years before t- uh, fucking the original series. Like, but why? Yeah, I mean, you don't have we to know see, about that. You don't have to follow the fucking greatest ship in the universe. I'm totally down with just focusing on you know the crew of the USS Bumblefuck. I'm fine with that, but actually focus on the crew and not just like Steve from accounts. It's just in the admin block, the Enterprise, like, oh, but, fuck. And here's my other concern, right? They said it's serial, very heavily serialized, more so than any other one. Yeah. And I'm fine with that to a certain extent, but I really like TNG because, and I think it's my favorite, because it's not serialized. It's, episode, it's, it's very, yeah. every episode is self-contained. And because of that, it allowed, like, them to do, it was very, in the same way I really like Batman, because, like, you see loads of different takes on Batman and different directors and different actors, and you can see it in loads of different ways. You could see the same in that. Oh, one time it's a, some, you know, someone wrote a story and someone got a director and they go, "Well, let's just do this in Starship." And one might be a horror, and one might be a love story, and one might be a murder mystery. And it's interesting. And then you know, as good as DS Nine was with its serialized format, and as good as I think season three and four of Enterprise was with its ep- serialized format. Because especially season three of Enterprise, where it's just the ships getting just more and more destroyed, and nothing works, and half the crew's dead, and they have nothing, and no shit. It's uh, and we've had like three seasons of that, four series of just ep- of serialized, and I want another episodic one. I just want more TNG. Yeah, essentially. But if they're focusing on the other ones, so we're gonna have very little in the actual what's going on, and just more a lot of personal relationships and guff. Yeah, if and it's gonna be I, serialized. I get the whole feeling so it's gonna it's be a lot more drama than it is sci-fi. Yeah, uh, or it could be like it's gonna be which orange is, shame, is the new black in space, which is gonna that's probably where the series is gonna have to go based on the fact that today America said, "Hey, fuck you, private prisons." Blah, 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 blah. We're not doing that anymore. No, I would watch the that. Guy. Did you fucking? Did you see this shit? Did you see this? That America just went, "Hey, yeah, you know those private prisons? We're not allowing them anymore." It's like the, it's the federal ones, not the state ones, or something. But it is like. They've just gone, you can't do private prisons like that. And that might trickle down. It's most likely going to trickle down and completely get rid of private prisons in America. In fact, if you happen to have any money in private prisons in America... Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Oh, okay, you might no. just be a terrible person, by the way, but you know. <laughs> I want it as well. We need to just talk about Brian Fuller for a minute. Uh-huh. Right? Who is the... Is, I don't know if you know who he I is. I know Brian Fuller. I love uh, Brian Fuller. Confidence in Brian, Brian Fuller. Fuller. Now, he produced Hannibal, which was an excellent TV Never show. Never watched it. It's, it's, very, it's extremely dark, like not in the horror, like not in the jump scare sort of thing, but just horrific. Yeah. Never watched it. Well, oh, oh, that really, I had to stop watching because it was just really, oh. Does he have some too... unpleasant personal habits or something? Oh, it's not even Hannibal that is really the, the fucking 
like making disgusting thing. It's like the people who like kidnap people and sew them with other people, and they're fucking still yeah, alive trying to scream, but they shit. can't. Yeah. yeah, really, just really actually horror- horrifying events, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, without any jump scares, which I'm quite a fan of, but um, he produced 25 episodes of Voyager. Yep. Which, uh, Q2, Endgame, Imperfection. It's not great stuff, but it's not terrible stuff. No, and he also did two episodes of Deep Space Nine. Yep. Which were Emperor, Empok em- Nor. Yep. Which, it, I think it was, it was the, um... Was that the one where they were trapped in like mining bits? That was the one where that's that's the Kardashian space station. <laughs> yeah, sister station. Kardashian space station. That's a Kardashian space station in that time. They built deep space nine. They're beautiful people. <laughs> the beds were uncomfortable. Was it a ver- was it kind of like quite a fast space station when it got up to warp? Would it be quite difficult to keep up with the Kardashians? Matt, John's still talking. Then the other one was the darkness and the light. Oh, that's a that's a that's a, <laughs> I'm a big word of a that's time a here. Kira episode, isn't it? Yeah, that's a Kira episode where they start. Uh, someone is killing members of our old resistance cell. Yeah, that's a good one. It it is, and, and so he's got a good track record. Yeah, keep going. He's, keep he's, reading through his track record because you haven't actually got to the things he did that was best. Well, he wrote. I was going to. He wrote the best episode of Heroes. I never watched Heroes. Oh my god. He wrote, I watched series one. Yeah, was it in series one? It was in series one. That's good because everyone stopped watching after series one. Yeah, he wrote uh, Company Man. Who gives Remind a me roughly what happens heroes. in this episode. No, I don't care it's that got much a about heroes. Parity-arian. Who gives a Company shit? Company Man was the episode that entirely God. focused on uh, Bennett. It was the episode that just basically focused on him and his story and shit. And it was. It's like it. It got like it, that was an episode that won bajillions of awards and everyone absolutely fucking loves it. Every time you watch, it was like the best episode of Heroes. I really okay, um, love that episode. I'm drawing a blank on this right now. No, right, but this is You'll it. Get isn't it. it but nah. the best thing he wrote, which you've not even slightly mentioned, oh, best thing. I don't know anything because he fucking created the best fucking television fucking years. One of my favorite ever TV shows of all time, Pushing Daisies, ah. which is just fucking incredible. Pushy Daisies is fucking incredible, and it's the loveliest, charmingest, wonderful... Like, the fact that this dude wrote Pushing Daisies and Hannibal, and they're going, you have literally wrote, like, both ends of the spectrum of television. No, this is it, right. He's clearly got the scale, and he knows Star Trek. Yeah. So I'm sat there going, in theory, there is nothing wrong with this. It should be great. But on the other hand, I'm sat there going, it's set ten years before the original series, and it's serialized, and I don't care about the Klingons, and oh, yeah. The actual, the show thing, I'm like, nah, writer, benefit the doubt. Yeah. It's not even the writer, he's he's running it. Yeah, I get the feeling he might do very good stuff. He also did Dead Like Me! Didn't he? He created Dead Like Me! That's a thing, right? Fuck, I'm going to have to look this thing up now. That is a thing. That, apparently, but I don't know what it is. He brought. A, did he create Dead Like Me? He created Dead Like Me. Yeah. The best fucking show. And Wonderfalls. Never heard of that. But you know, Dead Like Me <laughs> was uh, a great show about a girl who's killed by a space toilet and then uh, kind of spirals on from there, hangs out with dead people. It's pretty good. Mm. <laughs> don't go. Mm. I just said a girl was killed by a space toilet, and your response was. Mm. <laughs> See well, that? I mean, she wasn't in space, see- so it's very impressive. 
I mean, I haven't really seen it, so I can't really comment, can I? <laughs> Apparently, the other guy who's uh, co-creating Discovery is Alex Kurtzman. I fear that name. Who that was the pro- who was the producer of? Um, Oh, let's see. Producer of Hawaii Five O, Star Trek Into Darkness, ah! original uh, Star Trek movie, uh, Cowboys and Aliens. Uh-huh. 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 He wrote. Now uh, you Hawaii see 5-0. me. Oh he, God. He God. he wrote the Star Trek video game, the 2013. Ah! One. He wrote that Doctor Who episode with the absorber law. Davis, fuck you. <laughs> he helped write uh, Transformers, the Star Trek that movie, Mission words, Impossible 3. Jesus. Um, Who is this person? How do we find him and kill him? Into Darkness. He helped write The Amazing Spider-Man. We have um, to find the Horcruxes. He's the executive uh, producer on the reboot of The Mummy next year. He's literally Hitler. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't he's, he's be directing worse. that as well. Couldn't be worse. He's directing a Venom movie, apparently. He's, uh, <laughs> Wait, in what fucking universe? <sighs> They've just cancelled everything. I don't give a shit about this man. In, in the, not in the MC. Sony just what? Don't, Are they re- don't Sony think still, about it's Spider-Man. It's only going to reboot Spider-Man a third time. Don't think about Spider-Man. I make you sad. No, they've got the new Spider-Man movie coming out. Yeah, but he's not going to be. Oh, what is it in the MCU? They're going to make a Venom movie in, yeah, the, in the MCU. Yeah, it's in the MCU. Yeah, it's in the MCU. It's in the MCU. Um, you know who's the villain in it? The villain is well, fucking Venom. Uh, Michael, I'm going to no, guess. Michael, no, no, no. Michael Keaton is the villain. It's just Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is not even a superpower. Michael Keaton play no, Michael Michael Keaton playing a, a Falcon. Just Michael Keaton as Michael Keaton. <laughs> Michael Keaton is a Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> how how will how will Venom, the superpowered alien symbiote, defeat Falcon? Yeah, Falcon is apparently a uh, character. I'm going to be honest. I'm putting my money on Venom in Vul- that fight. The Vulture. That the Vulture. Vulture. The Vulture. Okay. The Vulture. He's playing the Vulture. Cool. Venom could easily uh, take the Vulture. Well, you what know, well, bullshit no. is well, this? No, in fairness, this is like right, saying no, Superman no, versus no, Captain no, Boomerang. Wait, no, stop! No, 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 hang on, wait, no, no, look, right? Michael Keaton has been Batman. He's been Birdman. He can be the Vulture just fine. He's perfect. <laughs> yeah, he can be the Vulture, but how is the Vulture any form of realistic threat to Venom? He's not to Venom, to Spider-Man. Talk about Venom. You just said this was a Venom no. film. No, I said it was, and then he went. I said, and then he said, "Oh, they were booting Spider-Man." I went, no, they're doing a Spider-Man movie with, with, with Michael Keaton as the villain. Well, then it's not a Venom movie. It's a Spider-Man movie with yeah, Venom know, and Vulture. No, 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 no. There's a Spider-Man movie coming out, and then there's another. There's a Venom-specific movie coming out after that in the MCU. Oh my God, I give up. What? I give up. What Fuck everything. Is... Reboot the MCU. Alright, I'm gonna go through is... some quick bits of news because Yes, oh. quick news, quick news. Quick news. Natural disasters are coming to City Skylines in a new expansion. Yay! Rocket Not till December. Rocket Super League laggy. has added a mode where or they're adding a mode where you get weapons and shit. Yay! The PS4 yeah. is adding folders in its next update of firmware. Yes! Finally! No, can I just Fold say, us, right? Fold us, fold us. A, A, little too late. B, you can store so, so little in that fucking thing that you'll have about three things in a folder and then you'll be full. Yeah. Right. So you got three games, that's all you can fit. And Sorry. the final bit of news I saw Louis C.K. in the last week and it was very funny. You did. I did. He's very And Rome Total War is coming to iPad, which is the best thing ever. Is it the best thing ever? Yes, because it can easily run on that technology. It's a very simple, light, old game. And actually, so, for once, the touchscreen controls will be better than the originals. Because it was always on. annoying to move cavalry and then have to double-click them back around. But if you can literally, like, swing to go, I want you to sweep around, then go into the back, you'll be able to do it all in one touch. 
this is the most this is actually genuinely a game that will work with touchscreen controls i'm so looking forward to this hey dan Hello. so where did you see louis c clark again louis c car clark louis c clark Wait. fuck it where'd you that's see that's not him? his name matt fuck it go his name is louis c is he in the Venom movie too? Louis C.K. No. Louis C.K. He he's the only character that Pets film that's just come out. So tell me, Dan, where did you see Louis C.K.? Well, Louis C.K.? Yes. I saw him in, in, in London town, in uh, Wembley did Arena. Did you? Yeah. In Wembley Arena? Wembley Arena. Uh, yeah. That's nice. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. When did you see that? On the 12th. On the 12th, yeah. On the 12th, yeah. 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 The day when we're all in London. Yeah, the day when everyone else is in London for that shitty YouTube convention. I went down to London yeah. and watched Louis C.K. Round the corner. Just round the corner, yeah. 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 With other people from the YouTube convention at said show. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see anything, though, because I, I bought my tickets, you know, ages ago. Yeah. Good seats and all that. This is Dan. <laughs> the social man. Look, I don't want to spend fucking time out with people when I could watch a very funny, bald 97-year-old talk about his anus. We were round the corner. <laughs> yeah. Well, I went round a different corner to get the train all the way back home again. So, you know. <laughs> I went around the other corner. I fucked yeah, off. Yeah, I did. I had five guys and I fucked off out of there. It was great. Oh. <laughs> Fuck it. Oh, I, think, I think that's everything. I think we wrap up. That's it. Are we done? Yep. Cool. So, yep. Uh, commiserations to Eva Murray on her suspension. And Paige and, Paige and, and Can someone translate that for me as well? When this time, what does wellness policy violation actually this mean? This one sounds like they were smoking the grass. Tastes bad together because Alberta Del Rio and Paige are dating. What? <laughs> and, what? Yeah. No, no. What? Do you not know? I this? know these things. I pay attention. I don't know why even Marie got suspended. She just got suspended a bit later. Just she like, just eh. looks fishy. They caught her beating a midget. They caught her red-handed! Yeah. Wait, beating a midget? She found her just just holding hornswoggle, punching hornswoggle. Uh, He's he's gone already. That'll be fine. I know he's gone, but, you know, still. I don't know what all the midgets are in WE at this point. Everyone else in the chat is shouting Planet Coaster. But I said it's coming out November 17th. There you go, done, boom. Someone just says, I like to drink burgers. Why do I bother to look at this Twitch chat? Why do I bother? Anyway, that was our show. Let's go, go, goodbye! Is, Bye. Is that, is that how a <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Fuck it. That's it today, Matt. That's it. That's where the VOD ends. I gotta go. I'm done. I'll see you later.